Welcome, Highfalutin Ski Bomb Podcast, episode number 136. These are your pals, Mario and Brian. Mario, what's up? Uh, surviving hurricane right now, and I think everything else, uh, pretty lucky to be out of that storm's devastation. I hope everybody's doing well and keeping out of harm's way. I know there's a lot of crap going on, but uh, happy to be doing the podcast today. Yeah, I guess, you know, our friends over at the Good People Brewery down in Alabama are probably... Uh, probably feeling some of the effects of this and now you you're kind of on the the outskirts of it getting a little bit of a lashing uh, yeah we got lucky it was just a little we're getting the whip of the rain but and a little bit of storm surge but nothing like uh panhandles getting yeah it's uh it's been a interesting last couple of weeks here for storms in the in the southeast so everyone stay safe out there and we're just gonna keep doing our thing you know it's all we can do you know, like otherwise, Hopefully the if they have access to their phone, right? They can listen to us for a little entertainment. Get your mind off of things. That's Think about cold, snowy, fun thoughts. That's right. This is what we do. So, thank you so much for listening. And hopefully, you've had a chance to check out the new website, skibumpodcast.com. Like I've kind of mentioned Whoa. last yeah. week, and I'm going to talk about it more later on in the episode. This has been a, I don't know, four or five month part-time operation that I've been working on. It's been a labor of love, occasionally frustrating. It's still, it's still, I would still call it beta. You know, it's not even beta. It's just out there. You know, it's one of those things they say, you know, if you ship something and you're not a little bit embarrassed by it, you waited too long. So I'm a little embarrassed by parts of it. What's that? This meets our whole bum lifestyle. We don't don't necessarily have to do everything perfect. We just put it out there and, this shit happens, right? And then you fix it and it all gets better. That's all you can do, you know? So if you're looking at it on Windows, in Internet Explorer, Edge, I'm sorry. It's a disaster right now. I know it is, but less than 5% of people on the planet are using Internet Explorer so or Edge. So you know what? We had to cater to who our main target market is. And if you're using IE, you're probably working at a shitty job that you hate anyway. So you know what? Quit that job. Get on an iPhone. You know, there get you on know. a Mac. Check out the website there, and it'll look so much nicer and so much more fun, and you'll be enjoying your life a lot more. So doing everything perfect wouldn't fit into what we are as bums, right? Also, too, as like a web de- as a web web developer, you really can't either because you're going to lose your mind, and nothing's ever going to get shipped. So you just got to yeah. put it out there and then start fixing as you can. So that's kind of where we're at. So check it out, skibumpodcast.com. We got the new logo, the new look. We also have tried we're updating all of our socials too with the new logo so twitter.com slash ski bump podcast facebook.com slash ski bump podcast instagram.com slash ski bump podcast we are also on pinterest as highfalutins we are on soundcloud as highfalutin dash ski bum which that one i know i haven't updated yet and i keep joking and it becomes probably like a meme now about us <laughs> updating soundcloud but you know what it's gonna happen i got a feeling it's gonna happen Oh, also, when it we gotta, happens, it'll be a big surprise. Also, too, we have our YouTube channel. We've been putting the audio out there now. We started Ooh. that episode 135. We've got a template, and we're going to you know, keep pushing that. So hopefully, if you're into checking this out on YouTube, like listening that way, we'll have, you, uh, we'll have it there for you as well. And, and there's going to be more content eventually there. There's more content there, yeah. And, you know, we have on the website, we'll talk about it in a little bit, but, you know, yeah. we'll get into it a lot more. 
But thank you again for listening. And we're going to kick off the podcast in the way we always do. It's time for our pray today. Mario, what do you got? So I'm going back to an old favorite. Um, my favorite, if anybody doesn't know or hasn't listened to any podcasts. So um, my new girl I'm hanging out with, she might want to know. She's listening. She's going to know after hearing this. That Bullet Rye, well, Bullet Bourbon is one of my favorites. Bullet Rye is pretty damn spiffy as well. So I'm going back old school with a little, little Bullet Rye right now. Bullet Rye, nice. There's many a day at the ski house, I, a.k.a. our Mount Snow Days, right, Brian? Mm. Where we'll buy a bottle of Bullet and then Bullet to the head. Next day, poof, it's gone. Yeah, it was amazing, that ski house, how we made bourbon disappear. It was almost, it was almost superhero like. I mean, we really just wolf that stuff down. But you would, we would track like, okay, there's a bottle of like Woodford, and there's a bottle of Bullet. Like, all right, where is it? Where is it? You know, like keeping track of it throughout the night because everybody's hitting it up, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's all gone. And the next day you're like, holy shit, did we pour that down the sink? Like, what happened to that stuff? But, um. If by sink you mean our filthy whore mouths, then yes, that's exactly where we poured it. Poured it down your filthy whore mouths, you bunch of animals. Yep, that was... You know what's funny? We really didn't drink as much beer back then. You know? Well, yeah. Actually, I got to say, you're right. We drank a good amount. Was, we'd go, We, you know, our, our kind of our routine there would be we'd get a drink at the bar or at, at the mountain after we skied, and then we'd go back to the house and then just drink there. And it wasn't so it wasn't like we had a ton of really, really good beers accessible to us. We would just bring whiskey. Yeah. Mostly bourbon. Yeah. Let's get ready to go. And the best place to buy it in um uh whatchamacallit in West what the the Dover. Name? West, West Dover. Dover. Mm-hmm. You gotta go to the West Dover seven eleven because they're right attached to them, they have a little little liquor place. It's yeah, it's it. And pretty much at Seven Eleven, if, if you don't, if you needed it in life, they would have it there. It's like the Kmart of Seven Elevens. The place is great. It was like you took a Kmart and you put it in like a space bag and like vacuumed <laughs> out the unnecessary stuff, That's and right. you were concentrated down to the things you really, really need. I know. Middle of winter, you buy a full-on Lakers jersey. <laughs> they had the basketball jerseys hanging up, ready to go. Ready to go. Somebody's buying it. It was. It was a strange, magical little store. So as I sip this bullet, I, I reminisce about that, about a whole bunch of other nights that were actually pretty good nights. I gotta say, bullet, bullet doesn't make me uh me, me a nasty drunk. It's a it's a good drinking, um, yeah. From what I'm thinking, at least from what I would recall. Uh, recall. Um, but yeah, it's got uh, hints of vanilla, honey, spice. It's got a nice uh, smooth flavor to it. Um, not as smooth as some whiskey uh, bourbons, but it's uh, pretty damn good. I gotta say for for the price point, you know, when you, when you talk about bourbons, like they use a lot of the well at some places, um, they'll use bullet for mixing drinks. Uh, bullet's a pretty damn good one. I gotta say for, you if know. you're going bang for your buck, it's tough to go wrong with bullet. They really, especially you get that handle size one, like the, the giant bourbon size. I mean, what's Ooh. it like? You can get it for under 50 bucks, which is yeah, damn near a steal. It's damn good, man. It's better than drinking Boone's Farm. That's what I say. It's a lot more accepted. <laughs> 100%. But it's good. You can just sip it. Uh, usually throw a few rocks in there. Sip it up. Get a little watered melt in there, and it, it tastes nice. 
Yeah, it's good stuff. How about you, Brian? What you got today? Now, I'm not sure we talked about it a few weeks ago, but we had... I, I found an article on Uncrate, which we've you know talked about them a bunch of times on the podcast. They it's kind of uh, usually like a dude oriented, but I guess like a website, and they put out an email all the time when anything kind of cool comes out. I think it's I'm not sure if it's daily or every other day, but they always put out you know a cool car or you know technology, you know tools, whatever. Kind of like a rock report, right? Like a little bit, but more general stuff. Rock yeah. report, real fancy stuff. Kind of. It's it's more just gear stuff, you know, like just things. Yeah. And they uh, they had a whole bourbon section. Like it was like a bourbon masterclass. They broke down by different categories, the best stuff to get. So, of course, I saw that and was starting to get a little giddy. So I bought a couple of bottles of things. Dude, I hate to interrupt you, but did you see the copper motorcycle on that fucking site? The copper motorcycle? Like is in the ma- the material copper, not like a police entire- officer? Body is made out of copper. It's a oh, DiCastelli really? Samorassia copper motorcycle. This is like two hundred thousand dollars. Um, they don't even have a link for you to buy it on Amazon. So I'm thinking it's pretty expensive. No, they didn't even list it. Well, again, they had a really cool breakdown of of different bourbons, and at the end they had, they have like everyday ones and they have like fancy ones, and they broke nice. down to different you know things that were done a little differently. And this bourbon. Or I guess technically it's just a whiskey. I don't think it, it's considered a bourbon. Maybe it is. I'm not really sure. We've talked about it in the past. Are What's one of our, the difference between a whiskey and a bourbon for everyone? Well, a bourbon is a whiskey, but not every whiskey is a bourbon. A bourbon has to be made in America, has to have at least 50% corn mash for its base, and it cannot go through any sort of extra filtration process. Once it leaves the barrel, Jack Daniels is an American whiskey because it goes through a vanilla charcoal filter after it comes out of the barrel. Now this, what I'm drinking right now, and I don't think it it is a bourbon. I think it's a whiskey. It is Wyoming whiskey. They make a particular uh, whiskey called the Outrider, which is a, um, it's not a true rye, and it's not a bourbon. It's kind of like an in-between, like a mix of a, a bourbon and a rye. So it's nice. not a bourbon, so it's got less corn mash, and it's made with more rye. So a rye is usually a little bit spicier, uh, a little less sweet than a bourbon. But like I said, this kind of mixes the two together. And uh, this was on that list from Uncrate, and I went to at least four liquor stores to find it. Wow. It's one of those things like, You'll see it when you don't want it, but when you want it, you won't find it. One of those it's good to have things. around, right? You just—that's the thing with bourbon. You buy a bottle, and if you're not an animal, you, you drink, you sip it once in a while, and you kind of have it around, and kind of it keeps for a while. You kind of reminisce about, like, oh, let's have one of those today. You know, it's kind of nice to have people be like, why don't you try this? Kind of, right? Yeah. And when you were up last year, we went to the um, the place around the corner from me, and they mentioned the good bourbons they had there. That this, they had this one, the Outrider. And I was like, and I remember like, oh yeah, I, I remember only hearing good things about it. And again, never picking up a bottle and seeing it on that list and then going, I want this bottle. And then I had to go, you know, search it out. And luckily I was able to find it, but it's, um, it's definitely different than the regular Wyoming whiskey, which is a little, a little sweeter because it is a bourbon. Uh, but this one is really flavorful. It comes out pretty hot. It's a uh, 50%. So hundred proof, it's a, little, it's a little hotter than a regular you know, bourbon usually is. Yeah. It's just tons of flavor. And once you throw a couple of ice cubes in there, let it mellow out a bit, it is really tasty. Yeah, so if anybody doesn't know, like 
if you're a bourbon or whiskey drinker, Brian and I have done extensive research and a lot of stuff you read says, you know, you put a cube or two in it to get that melt or you just, if you don't like the ice and you want room temperature, put a little water and it actually opens up the flavors a lot of times. Some people like it like that. Some people like it straight, you know. Some are, some are actually better straight. Some of them do need a little bit of ice to open them up and give them, you know, to mellow them out a bit. And I think this one uses a little bit of mellowing and it, it helps it out a bit. Yeah, especially so, if they're hot, it usually helps, right? Yeah, but it's really, really flavorful, really good. Um, this past weekend, now I don't know if you, you know we're big fans of Woodford Reserve. They've got the regular bourbon. They have their double oaked. You know they actually make a single malt now. Oh, nice! So we were down in uh, down in Florida actually. We went to the liquor store and we wanted to grab a bottle of something brown. And we're looking at Woodford, and I'm like, oh, it's a you know they have the you know the double oaked and then the regular bourbon. And had a single malt. We bought it and not knowing what to expect. And we opened it. We're like, oh, this is actually like a scotch. But I guess because it's made in Kentucky, they can't call it a scotch. So it's actually just called like a single malt. And it was surprisingly good. It was almost like it was like 90% scotch, like 10% bourbon. Oh, nice. But I kind of wanted bourbon. So it really wasn't what I wanted. But it was still good. Now, was it like the batch proof? Because they have a batch proof one. No, it's their single malt. Single malt, huh? Yeah. Oh, white corn one. Yeah, they're Pinot kind of, Noir finish. They got a whole bunch of different ones. That there. Pinot Noir finish is really good. That was like one of their uh they do those around Christmas time. They Ooh. do like a special one every year. And Andrea's uncle had gotten that and he let me try some. That was really good. So, you know, it's, it's similar in a way to like an Angel's Envy that's finished in port. This is done in, you know, Pinot Noir, so it's not as sweet, but it was still gave it a good little finish, and it was cool because a little bit reddish. Yeah, in the, uh, in the bottle. I gotta say, we're getting closer to ski season, and it's like once the uh, you know once that crisp, especially down here in Florida, that crisp seventy degrees starts starts threatening. It's crisp seventy degrees. It's like magical. It's like you know yeah. you can actually wear jeans. Like I don't know. Um, but I just like, you know, just for the winter and being like in the ski or snowy or cold area, I tell you that the whiskeys and bourbons really hit the spot because they're just like a nice little other other option. Because a beer for me, a lot of times it's like I want a cold beer when I'm hot, you know, yeah. um, or like a nice malty beer if I just want to chill out. But like a bourbon, is, it's a nice cocktail, you know. Oh, yeah. It's a cocktail without mixing anything. Let's put it that way. It's a cocktail without a cocktail. Then again, you could just chuck it in a nice uh, old-fashioned. That's true, too. Yeah, if you get some bourbons you don't like, you can always mix them with something else. A little ginger ale, a little Coke. But just like doing um, you know, a good tequila with the lime and the salt, you'll get smacked if you take one of these really good bourbons or whiskeys and put it into a... Uh, and you should get smacked, right? Indeed. Same. Yep. Just my opinion. Just one, you know, one opinionated persons. Hey, you're preaching to the choir here. I completely agree. <laughs> you just got to go up. It's like your your civic duty. Just smack that thing out of there and just smack them across the face. That's That'd right. be awesome if everybody did that. Like, man, I got to drink this in, in like seclusion. Like you're making it at home because you're afraid to go out in public. That's right. All right. So we got a couple stories here while we're doing our app pray today. And first one was uh, Mike Bassich is converting a snowcat into a mobile backcountry bar. Oh, sweet. 
So the Baron of the Tahoe backcountry, Mr. Mike Basich, has a new project. And if you like brewskis and pow pow, this might just tickle your fancy. Mm-hmm. So he he's a guy who has like a little tiny house. And now he's got a new project. And he just posted it on Instagram this week. And he's showing his snowcat. And he's going to be working with uh, 10 Barrel Brewing. And they're going to hook this up and turn this snowcat into a, a little backcountry bar. So is he going to ride around the mountain? And like, so, because think about it, like a lot of skiers, big skiers are um, golf clubs during the summer. And everybody knows if you've been to a golf club, they have a little cart that goes around, a little booze cart. And it's great. Everybody hits the booze cart up. Why couldn't you do that with skiing too? You like show up in your snowcat and be like, hey man, you want a beer? It's going to be like 20 bucks, but it's going to be pretty tasty on the mountain. Oh, it'd be totally worth it. Yeah. But I guess, uh, yeah, you, you need a little more hardcore vehicle, obviously, than a little golf cart cruising around. But That'd be I, cool. I think every resort should have one of those. Yeah, I think they, like, you know, they shouldn't even tell you where it is. It's just like cruise around, and you should be like, you yeah. should try to find it. Like a happy sighting. Maybe you have to talk to people on the left. Hey, did you see that, that cart today? You know? I can, like leave clues around, you know? Because, yeah. you know, the resorts are so much bigger than a golf course. And, you know, instead of driving the course, like, you know, those people on the, on the carts, they'll, they'll drive, you know, a few holes, you know, you, and everybody has to go past the same, you know, direction because you're doing one hole after the other. So yeah. with skiing, you're just kind of all over the place. It'd be kind of cool to be like, hey, man, did you see it? Like people posting on Twitter, trying to get the GPS coordinates of it. That'd be neat. Well, that's pretty much what it would just have to become is it would, you know, it would really embrace social media to make that a success. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, we dropped the pin. We're here, we were here. And then. People will be like, you know, searching out like their hashtag or, you know, whatever their um, their handle is to figure out where the backcountry snowcat bar is. Well, they should bury the location, the GPS location with a beacon and you got to find the beacon. Uh-huh. Meaning you got to have a beacon to find the beacon. That would be a great way to train people for the backcountry. And ensure people had a, a beacon in their shovel, like they got to dig out to try to get to it. It, could just like, it could be like Easter. They could just like bury beers out there. <laughs> That's it. You know, that's awesome. If yeah. you really wanted to train people for to, to properly know how to use their gear for the backcountry, yes, yeah, you could perf- you could do that. Just bury some beers and uh, have people search them out with their beacons. That's actually yeah. a really good fucking idea. <laughs> All right, we're gonna, we're gonna, I'm writing this one down. This one's gonna. This one has legs. This one's got legs. It's got arms. And the problem is, my handwriting sucks so much. Like tomorrow, I'm gonna be like, what the fuck did I write? Well, I got to be honest, the last two podcasts, I know personally, I kind of hit it a little too hard. I know oh my you, God, last podcast. Well, if you haven't listened to 135 yet with our interview with Robert, like it's funny because we, we interviewed him first and then we did the rest of the podcast and you can just, you hear us kind of getting a little slurry in the beginning, like what's going on here? Then you hear the interview, which we spliced in and then you hear the freaking under the ropes portion. I woke and up the, the next morning. We're just great. We're like the interview, like, oh, these guys are like, that's a pretty cool thing. It's a great interview. Energy, you know, we're we're enunciating our words. And you hear the under the road play, like, holy crap, that went to shit really quickly. I remember I texted you. I'm like, dude, we gotta we're gonna have to re-record part of this because I had I don't remember the end part of it. I just remember going I remember going up closing my laptop, going upstairs, brushing my teeth and going to bed. And the next morning being like what, how did that podcast end? Like, I didn't you didn't remember that. the last two stories. <laughs> I didn't, but you know what? It turned out surprisingly well. What we do? 
we're professionals. We, we can go on autopilot if we need. Somehow to. we were able to charge through, dude. I should. I was looking at the bottle of vodka I had in my on the the podcast table. I was looking. I'm like, I drank like a, and it's like a handle size. <laughs> I drank like a quarter bottle of vodka, handle dude, drank, size vodka. I drank a bottle and half of wine. Bottle and a third. Dead, yeah. It's a goddamn lot of wine. Yeah, that was that was that was an interesting podcast. We uh. But I'm getting feedback now. So <laughs> this girl I'm dating now, she she's listening and she listened to it. She's like, holy shit, you guys were and I'm like, yeah, I didn't listen to it yet. I gotta get there. And I listened to it. I'm like, wow, that was pretty pretty fucked up. Well, I was editing it and I, you know, you get to those points where like, I don't remember saying that. And you're like, oh God, what did I say? And I was listening to it and I was like, because now with the new uh, the new layout on the podcast, each episode we have like one quote in there that you know we just select whatever's you know one of the funniest things. And I was like, I was so drunk reading it. I was like, I don't see that per like the person's name. Like all I see is Mark Wahlberg. And then some like one of I think you brought up or I brought funky the Funky Bunch. bunch. Yeah. And you're like the Funky Bunch is the way to get paid. And I was like, <laughs> oh my god, that was hysterical. So like that's the quote of the podcast. Yeah, I get to that little nugget. That's the Easter egg of the, of the of the podcast. That's the beauty of it. Yeah, you just never know what sort of uh, sort of hidden treasure you're gonna find. It's like the fam- one Family Guy where Peter becomes like a piano, like savant when he's drunk. <laughs> Yeah. It has to be hammered to be able to play. So I went out. Um, so my, my girlfriend and I, we go out and we go to watch the Conor McGregor fight this weekend, right? Great fight, great, great pre fights. You missed it, right? Did you watch any of the. Nope. The after? It was, I tell you what, there were some cool I saw fights. the highlights. It got a little gnarly at the end there. Well, and then there was like the freaking after fight, which was just like, there was like some controversy, mayhem going on. But, uh, we went out like 11 o'clock, go to watch the fight, watch the fight. And then we're out on Clearwater Beach. And I'm like, there is the best place in the world for tacos. So we walk probably like a half a mile all the way down Clearwater Beach. And we get to this place. Now, she's been here a long time. Like, I think she's lived here like over 25 years, over 20 years. And she didn't know about this place, this taco place. And I'm like, I don't know. My cousin took me here. And it's freaking, it's, it's amazing. But I've only been there when I'm drunk and after 2 o'clock in the morning. So sure enough, we get there drunk after two o'clock in the morning. I'm like, I think you can only find it when you're inebriated and after like a certain time of the day. And it's it's magical tacos. They got the best freaking tacos. Pan filos. If anybody wants to look it up, it's like it looks like a hole in the wall, you know, like a strip mall. Best freaking tacos are open until three a.m. Perfect. I actually want tacos now. So do I. Damn it. Damn. Now I'm hungry. And and last week was taco taco day. Was last week. I ate tacos like three days and I don't eat just one taco, two tacos. I eat like eight at a time. I eat like, I stuff myself on tacos. It's crazy. It's a sickness. So I eat tacos three days, not a single taco on national taco day. I don't know what's wrong with me. I haven't had a taco. I don't remember how long it's been. It's been a while. I got to remedy that. That's a problem. And I, I'll eat anything. Fish taco. Beef oh, I taco, fish tacos. Taco. Too. You mentioned it. Yeah, that's true. I'm a purist. I'm like a I'm like a like a chopped beef taco hard shell guy. Old school. I like that. Old school. And I like to dabble in the other ones, but that's like the good standby. What about a backcountry taco truck too? If you're gonna have the backcountry bar, have a, shit, dude, that'd have be a great. Truck cruising around like with tacos. I'd make like the soft, oh, like the Asian style tacos with a little um, coleslaw on it, like the uh, mm. whatever the, the cabbage and the like the barbecue oh like the korean barbecue yes. style tacos oh dude i think i have some now here's a tip like for, uh, tacos. 
Ah. You know what? I Here's a little pro tip for people. If you guys have a Trader Joe's near you or you're passing one on your way to one of your ski trips and you have a freezer in your place, dude, they have some of the best, like the, like the little dumplings and things that Trader Joe's sells. Buy a couple of those and just keep them in your freezer. Because oh, I love those. Like the, the pork uh, shumai and the, the, shumai. Um, yeah. the pot stickers. Dude, those, they, you, you throw them in the microwave for like two minutes. And That's what's great about the shumai. You just chuck them in the microwave and boom, you're eating. I got my chopsticks. I'm like ready to go. Dude, they come in so handy. Especially yeah. if you're, like, you're out drinking and you need something like before you go to bed. That And you say nothing's open. It's better than crap food. Dude, it's, it's, it's just food. throw a few boxes in your freezer. Yeah. Trader Joe's, like you go to their frozen section. I mean, they have pretty much like every kind of awesome takeout cuisine frozen that you can have ready in five minutes. Yeah. Highly recommended. Yeah, the pork the pork shumai, um, the little um the little shrimp pot stickers. Awesome. Yeah, those things are, are a standby. And they also have the um what's the corn things? The um tamales. Oh those I tamales those. freaking great. You gotta try those. They have the corn and they have the corn with the beef in there. Good. I love Trader Joe's. I'm not near. There's only one Trader Joe's in Tampa, so I'm I'm not near it, so I don't go that often. So I'm kind of like, well, I used to go every week and just get like at least one day. I'd plan on having one or two meals in the freezer in case I was running and I couldn't cook or you know whatever I was just home and I didn't want to go out. Um, and it helped like the whole like my little schedule. I was like, you know, but if, as a fallback, I could just grab a meal from the fridge. You know, from the freezer. Man, I'm telling you, stock up your freezer with their stuff and you uh, you will not regret it. I was thinking about you this week because you know what happened? Ice cream? I have an Aldi I found out less than two miles from me. Mm. And I'm waiting for that stolen to come out for oh, Christmas dude. time. It's <laughs> on. It's on. And I'm going to have to make, you know, we're going to have to do a glue line. I got to make my, uh, my Jaeger tea. tea. Yeah. I got to do it. Like there's people that talk shit about the Jaeger tea for a while and people down the floor are like, we don't know what that is. It's bullshit. I'm like, I got to make it. Yeah. We're already planning to do um, a glue vine the December 15th because we're having people over. And uh, I think we're going up. I think I'm going skiing right after that. Once we get rid of our, our flatland friends, we're going up to the mountains the next couple of days. So we're going to plan on having, Yeah. The 15th. All right. I might try to bum it around. If I get fired, I'm, I'm going to be right up there. I'm actually, one of my goals, again, I have very, very low hanging fruit goals in my life. This, this uh, December, I want to make sure I go into New York City and get one of those Glazers stolen because that place oh. is like, it's like Upper East Side. It's actually like, I think it's the place that Seinfeld did the black and white cookie episode. Oh, okay. They're, Was that the place too or no? I don't think so. I think it's a black different and white cookie is a classic episode. Yeah, classic episode. So um, Farrakhan and uh, fighting in his stomach was it? Um, who is the Ku Klux Klan guy? It was Farrakhan and uh, David Duke fighting in his stomach because uh, <laughs> right. he got sick from it? Awesome. Yeah. But I think that place is supposed to have one of the best stolens in New York City. So yeah. one of my little again, I have very low hanging fruit goals. One of my goals is to go and get one of their stolens. I never had one from there, so I'm, I want to be a stolen connoisseur. So maybe I'll have like a little taste test because. I know my spot that I usually get mine from, and I usually get at least two. Um, <laughs> you are classic with your stone and your ice cream. Oh, like, dude. I got stone one. and ice cream together? Holy shit, watch out. <laughs> dude, I just, I just, because it's the wintertime, you got to pack it on. You know, you, you got to put your layers on. There's a place uh, up in North Jersey called uh, Market Basket. 
and they uh, oh, they're, they're, ex- they're expensive, yeah. but they are. I think they were. I forget how much they were. If they were like fifteen or seventeen dollars per stolen compared to Aldi, which are like four bucks, five bucks, and they're from Germany. Like but these 20, are made twenty Aldi stolen. Do you remember how many with that one ski bum week a couple years ago? Holy we couldn't even know three stolens. Dude, we like we didn't go through enough stolen. Remember the one night I had like three dinners. That's right. That's I right. Was fucked up. I was like, do I had a tapeworm? I was like getting worried. I got to call a doctor, and then I added up like how much cal- how many calories I'm burning. I'm like, yeah, I'm not eating enough. That was the same the same week where I had nachos twice in one night. <laughs> yeah, but like why not nachos at out at Outlook or Lookout, and then the pulled pork at Jack's. That was like one of the best nights of my life. I think I, yeah yeah uh, we had Double nachos. nachos. Then I had like a, uh, I think a barbecue sandwich. Then I had wings. And then I went back and remember I made bacon, egg, and cheese sandwiches. That's right. I'm like, I don't know why I'm doing this, but I'm fucking hungry. It was good too, I gotta say. Oh, I'm just getting so hungry right now just talking about all this stuff. <laughs> I do, but uh, see, I'm taking my, I am following my own advice. I actually do have some of those pot stickers and pork shumai in my freezer, which I'm gonna definitely make oh, after this episode. You're going to eat the hell out of that, aren't you? Only had a goddamn stolen, too, to go with it. Mm. I got to start using stolen for sandwiches. It's like a Monte Cristo. <laughs> using the stolen as the bread. Oh, yeah, deep fry it. <laughs> you exactly. Know, like, batter it. And batter and fry it. Batter it, deep fry it, yeah. Oh, that'd be magical. Dude, you got to do that for one day. What you got, Iowa State Fair? That's right. Do that and just drink glue wine the whole day. Just stolen different ways and glue wine. That's it. That would be Glue wine and water. I think I would need the water. That's for sure. But yeah, that would be be a fun little experiment. That'd be good. You know, they should, I think we should have a, um, like a buffet. Like it would be like a, uh, uh, what you will call What do they call that on Sundays? The, um, like a brunch, brunch, yeah, little brunch buffet, all stolen, everything made with stolen and only glue line and water. That's it. Hmm. I think we have a lot of people who were just passed out after like an hour. Just for it'd be like a Christmas comatose, yeah, like a Christmas brunch on that, a mountain. That glue vine messes you up, man. The best part is you'd have to get there at the to the top of the mountain via snow cat. You couldn't take a lift there. No, you got to get there and then you got to ski down. Yeah, yeah do European style. That's the way do. to do it, right? <laughs> we'll do it like Ishkil. We'll have a friggin' uh, road. At the bottom, too. Like oh, an, active, was... an active road with trucks and cars cruising around. I love the fact that we just sat there one day having a beer after we got down from the mountain waiting for somebody to go into the road. And we saw it. Just we watched the carnage, yeah. Right into the road. It was great. Brilliant. Well, speaking of Germany. So there was a Bill Clinton spotting. And he was in Germany's Oktoberfest. Was his ankle bracelet going off? Is that how we, we spotted him? <laughs> and this is, uh, this. I got to say, this weekend is, I think, the last, I think Monday is when Oktoberfest ends. Unless it ended it last It was last week. weekend, right? Last this weekend. Was this last was last, it ends on a Monday, I thought. But That's I don't know. Right. This past Monday, then, they said. Oh, so it ended last, yeah. So he was there for the final. And it's funny, because as we talked, all the Oktoberfests are just starting up here in the U.S., yeah, no, Unless right. there's some breweries down here that actually did the right thing. They started them on the, the actual Oktoberfest time. Uh, but anyway, so I like this story because they actually gave stats of Oktoberfest. Um, but anyway, they, they say that Bill Clinton was there. He had his later hosen on. He was having a good-ass time. He picked up, he's like, hey, so what's your major? <laughs> That's right. 
He's sitting there. I got a doobie. I got a private jet and some doobies. So they're saying they had more than 6 million visitors. They served more than 7.5 million liters of beer. 124 rotisserie oxen. That's a lot of freaking oxen. Um, so they're saying it was crazy. They said great fall weather this year because some years it rains and it's like freaking miserable. It looks. Uh, they said it attracted over 100,000 uh, 100, um, or more people to the event than last year. All in all, about 6.3 million people from about 70 countries. Isn't that yeah. stag like staggering thing? Um, and they're saying all within 16 days. So they're saying they showed up um, Friday and they said the stats of like, because they have security that work at the tents. They confiscated more than 101,000 liter-sized beer mugs from sticky-fingered guests trying to sneak them out as souvenirs. 101,000? <laughs> yes. Jesus. Everybody wants to steal one. And it's like, if you talk to anybody that's German, they're like, no, no, you don't steal it. Like, you could buy one, but don't don't try to steal it because I guess you get in a lot of trouble. Um it, it's a, it's definitely unique. I mean, they got their own jail. It's it's a, it's crazy. You got you got to do it once in your life. It's, it's a uh, it's a pilgrimage. If you like beer and you like partying and you like opera, everything you you should do it once. Yeah. Gonna try to put together a trip for next year, Brian. Oh, I think the statute of limitations has expired. I may have procured a liter mug from the Hofbräuhaus oh. when I was in Germany back in the day. Yes. I, you get away I, with it. Then. But I did it also, it was a long time ago, and it was before all the security cameras and stuff, and it wasn't during Oktoberfest, it was a little earlier in the year, so it was probably less crowded. Like, oh, yeah, I'll take it, that's all right, we charge you. I, just, I played it all slick, you know, I had my backpack in my lap, and I was like, drink, and then put it down, and slide Boom. it down, and close it up, walk Boom. out like a gentleman, and uh, now I have it, and I have no idea where it is, because I value it so much, apparently. Dude, I got mine saved, like, my, so when I was out there with with the ex, um, we're with family and I'd be like, oh, these are so great. And like, everybody wants you to have such a great time when you go out there. They're like, oh, we bought you one. Like you'd walk out and like, we bought you one. Like, wow, you didn't have to do that, that's crazy. So you come home and you're like, I don't know how I'm gonna fit this in the suitcase. Keister it. Keister it, man. There was an option. Dude, back in the day, it would be like chocolate. Chocolate looks like, <laughs> cause it's wrapped in foil. It looks like a bomb when you go through TSA. <laughs> Oh, God, and if you yeah. have like 20 bars of chocolate, it looks like you have a lot of bounty. <laughs> and you know what? Back then, they're like, yeah, go right through. I got stopped for a uh, – it was – we went to some crystal place there, and I, we got this line that was jumping. It was like a figurine made out of lead crystal. So it's lead crystal, and you don't realize on an x-ray, it looks like lead. And, mm. you know, the shape of a line jumping kind of looks like a little bit of a gun kind of thing. So they're like – yeah, I'm like, holy shit, they're opening my bag. It was in Frankfurt. I'm like, uh, like I, I don't know what I have in there. And it was a figurine. I was like, damn, that looked like a gun to you. <laughs> Jeez. So it was my tiger blood. But, of course, they looked past the chocolate and the shanking that was there. <laughs> they like meat products. Like, it was no holds barred. Cheese, like, whatever. Whatever you want to bring back. Chuck it yeah. in there. Different times. Different times. Thanks a lot, O. Thanks a lot, Bin Laden. I'm sure Bill Clinton was able to bring yeah. back whatever the hell he wanted. I'm sure. Yeah. But now but, you can get everything everywhere. It's not it's not novel anymore. Bunch of sophomores from the University of Munich. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, he must have had a great fucking time. Breakfast dick. <laughs> Dude, I would love to hang out with Bill Clinton at Oktoberfest. Uh, yeah, that'd be freaking great, though. Yep. Man. All right, and with that... Let's get into the Genjula. So we don't have too much going on in the Gonzola this week, but we do have a very important story. Because I don't know if you checked your calendars... We're recording this on October the 10th. One week from today, October 17th, Canada fully legalizing recreational marijuana for adult use. Oh, Canada. That's right. Because mm-hmm. I don't know any other words other than oh, our home and native Canada. land. You. Through Patriot Love and all oh. of God's command. I want somebody to call in. Like, I know the whole, I want them to sing the whole song. If they could send us a. Uh, an audio of them singing it. We'll play it next week. Yeah. That'd be great. We will. Do it. Skibumpodcast at gmail.com. And if they're smoking a dupe while they're doing it, even better. Well, they can't do that till next Wednesday, of course. Yeah. Send it to us Wednesday. That works. So they're officially legalizing it, and the federal government has established a broad outline of legalization, but has left it up to different provinces and territories to fill in some of the details such as whether to allow home grow, uh, establish legal purchasing age of 18 or 19, or whether to sell through government-run pot shops or private outlets. So here's what is going to be allowed. The uh, Canada's Cannabis Act allows people 18 and older to buy marijuana online in retail stores or in retail stores. Most provinces have raised the minimum age to 19, big difference, however, to align with the drinking age. In the U.S., states with recreational legalization have an age limit of 21, which matches the drinking age. Uh, they've announced a limit of 60, of, I'm sorry, 30 grams, which is how much a person can buy at once or possess in public. Wait, how many? 30 grams? 30 grams. That's just over an ounce, which is the possession limit in all but one of the U.S. states with legal pot. Maine's limit is two and a half ounces, which is 71 grams. They have a limit on how much THC can be in something because I bought like a 330 gram chocolate bar last year in Whistler, and that was fucked up. I was like, I can't eat all. Wow, yeah, that's right. That was a that was pretty heavy duty. Whistler Bud Shop, they're in Whistler. If you're in Whistler, seven seven eight seven nine three six four two zero. Just saying. I wonder if that's going to change now, or I wonder (laughs) how the Canadian ski resorts are going to be now that that it's going to be legal. Well, I talked about this before. The whole shady part of it is you go online, you build your cart. And then you get your cart and you got to text it to them. And then they say, someone will be there soon. <laughs> Give your address. I'm like, I'm going to get busted by the police. Sure enough, a dude showed up with a big pizza bag. Boom. There you go. <laughs> Raul will be there in an hour. Yeah, it was great. Dude was like, he was down the hall waiting for me. I was like, this is a setup. I was planning to jump out the window. It was pretty funny. Yeah. One big thing is they're saying, unlike the U.S., where many types of products are available, Canada is for now allowing only sales of dried cannabis flour, tinctures, capsules, and seeds. Marijuana-infused foods and concentrates are expected to be available in about a year. All right, so whistle bud shop. What's the work? And residents across Canada will be able to buy marijuana online through websites run by each province, a handy resource for cannabis users in any cities that might decide to ban pot shops. 
Most provinces will have at least some stores open next Wednesday, ranging from 20 in New Brunswick to a single store in British Columbia. Hundreds more are expected to open nationwide over the next year. So it's still going to be a little light. Now, I wonder where that one, um, well, I can almost guarantee that one in British Columbia is going to be in Vancouver. But I, I mean, you got to think these ski towns that they've got to be gearing up now, you know, knowing that the tourists are going to be rolling in in the next two months. Yeah, it's going to be like ski weed tourism. Um, I wonder, though, when they set the retail shop up, I want to know the layout. Is it going to be like Strange Brew and the beer shops where you order it and they talk on the mic and they say one ounce of uh, God's gift and it like comes through a conveyor belt? Because that would be awesome. If they send beer and do the same thing, that would be incredible. I think it's going to have to be that way, right? It should be. Why change what works? It works. It's going to be cool to see how it plays out. I mean... You know, again, it's it's going to take a while to get it up and running, but I think the rules are they seem pretty reasonable. Yeah, I mean, it kind of sucks if you're into edibles that it's not going to be they're not going to have that much of that available. But you know, you can have as much as you want at home. You can have a little bit on you. You buy it online. Like there's, it's it's pretty, it's pretty amazing that they actually pass this. Dude, I'm fine if they limit it to just like one joint per person per like month or something like that. I don't, like, how much are you going to need, honestly? Like, if, if everybody has it, you're not selling it to anybody. Like, it's it's all personal consumption, you know? Like, as long as you can have it once in a while, you know? Yeah. I don't know. You could have 12 cases of beer today if you want. If you want to sit down and drink beer from morning you wake and, the, and, and you sleep, you're allowed to do that. Why can't you have all the cannabis you want? I'm just saying. You can go to Costco right now and buy this giant freaking... It's around the corner. This giant handle of vodka for 30 bucks. That's great. 1.75 liters of vodka distilled six times and drink the entire goddamn bottle. No one can stop you. You can probably walk into Costco and buy a kegerator, go to the local beer distributor, buy like 12 kegs, and just sit in your house right now. Dude, you can go to Costco and buy all the booze they sell there. You can just put it all on the cart on a pallet and buy it all, and no one's no going to stop you. No limit. No stopping. No limit. Yeah. yeah. It's, so, it's just so silly. But it's going to be cool to see the way uh, this play this plays out, and especially seeing how the different ski resort towns are going to handle it, and see how it either affects or improves the the town ambiance and and uh, party vibe. Yeah, or even the chill vibe. You know, people may just want to you know go to the store, the local store, grab a little a uh, little bit of a couple joints, and they just chill back on their balcony, and sit outside, it may, it may chill pass down. I don't think that a bit. It may be bad for alcohol sales. Who knows? We'll see. Yeah. We shall see. We shall see. I like it. Let's go to ski news. So, before we get into the actual news, you know, kind of late breaking, uh, there's a bunch of snow actually falling all over the West in the U.S. right now. Looks like Crested Buttes got about 11 inches. Snowbirds got between 9 and 15. Um, all over Colorado, they're getting between 3 and 8 inches. And one of the biggest announcements of today, Wolf Creek has announced they are opening this weekend. Boom. Ooh. They have dropped the hammer. They're saying, suck it, Loveland. Suck it, A-Basin. 
we're opening first. We're taking Suck the crown. Is what they're saying. I guess they got enough that they can they can make it happen. So I said something. Bold saying. move by Wolf Creek. So the uh, the snow is starting to fall. The resorts are opening. It's uh we can almost cut the ribbon on this 2018-2019 ski season. This is glue line. This is time to brew your glue line and your um, Jaeger tea. I did put the Jaeger tea. If anybody wants to go out on the website and look in the annals of the website content, there is the recipe for Jaeger tea. I think it's pretty accurate to what I do. It's like the general one, and then I spice it up a little. But I gotta say, it's pretty damn good, right, Brian? Very good. It's better than the pedestrian Jaeger tea they serve. Even in Austria, I was like, I perfected it better than you guys make it. You're, it's true. Gotta say. That's how you celebrate the opening of ski season, too. And your glue line, it's not syrupy and crappy. It's, it's real. It's Super the real legit. Deal. Yeah. It's the real. Oh. All right, so let's start off with ski news. Um, good little tidbit, but if anybody doesn't know Wim Hof, he's the Dutch Iceman. Um, he's been on, I gotta say, he's been in the news for probably like 20 years now. He is like a, a yogi that has done stuff like, I remember, I remember way back he did, they submerged him in ice water or ice in Times Square and he sat there for like a day or two. It was like crazy. Um, but he has this whole process of getting used to the cold and getting your body like into a deep meditative state. Now, the, the funniest part is if you haven't seen, uh, what's that Netflix show? It's a crazy, crazy, it's the one with the yogi that everybody follows, uh, Wild Wild Country, right? It's that deep meditative state that they've gotten to as well. Like, so there's a technique for meditation where you get into this hyperventilative state almost and you're actually able to like control your, your, uh, through that, you're able to control your body temperature. Um, and it's crazy. So wild, wild country, they do it like for like emotional release or whatever. But I know, like I saw a documentary on, uh, I think I saw the vice thing and they actually have the, the vice on our link. They have the vice thing. They have one of the vice things, but they, they did a few stories on them. Um, and they show like the whole, it's, it's like a opal, almost like you, go to hyperventilate, but your body won't let you hyperventilate. It just brings up all this stuff. And uh, I tell you, he has this technique where he can, you know, he can, he's done marathons and half marathon. Well, half marathon, he's walked in shorts barefoot at 30 degrees below zero. He's climbed, uh, climbed Everest in swim trunks. He's done some crazy stuff. I think he's Polish originally. Um, but it's it's amazing how you become almost immune to like the cold. So um, this, you know, there, there's a story that came out. So Sierra Quidiquit and Hayden Shortmore, they're two professional skiers. Um, they're actually starting to um, use the Wim Hof method. They, they're actually doing uh, this thing because um, one of Sierra was diagnosed with Hashimoto's disease, which is an autoimmune autoimmune disease that leads to damage of the thyroid um, and many other uh, body symptoms and organs. So she actually started this because they actually say it helps um, fortify your immune system against stuff, uh, which is actually crazy. So they're saying, um, thanks to the exposure to cold, she's able to hack her nervous system 
and it's been helping her. And they actually have a video of the two of them, Sierra and Hayden, uh, in Portillo, Chile, uh, ice plunging in the lake that's there. And it's pretty cool because they're like in bikinis. You think they're like in a warm weather thing and there's snow all around them. So it's wild. Um, I got to say, one of the things that I've heard about, like I've heard it from professional, like I do a lot of biking. I've heard it from a professional bike trainer. They're like, you got to do ice plunge. You got to do cold shower. You got to do anything after working out because inflammation is the worst thing for your body. And that's actually what they're, they're saying is one of the things that like kills your body for everything is inflammation and what oh, yeah. combats that is cold. If you're too happy, fat and happy inside, like got to be out in the cold, man. Got to freeze ex- a little bit. That explains a lot of Florida. A lot of inflammation down there. That's right. Yeah. It leads a to a lot of, of disease. It's crazy, man. I was in a wind Dixie. A lot <laughs> of inflammation. <laughs> a lot of, did you, uh, so did you roll up? So while you were in Florida, did you notice that all like the handicapped spots are taken? crazy oh yeah i actually had somebody ask me they're like mary you don't have a handicap sticker like i'm like no why would i have a handicap sticker i'm not handicapped they're like oh i just thought you know you might have one i'm like why the fuck would i have one like does everybody get one what you say bitch yeah is it like a better parking sticker like it shouldn't be like it should be made for people that have problems like it should be legitimately handicapped well again i'm 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 talking i'm being probably very narrow-minded but of the people i encountered in florida a lot of them seem to have handicaps one way or another physically or mentally well i think if you believe you're handicapped eventually you know you're gonna make things come true so i think if you're in a bad shape if you're in bad shape you're gonna get in worse shape if if you want to you know live that lifestyle but there's something to be you know to to be challenged and um you know living you know having a different thing push you you know no, it's cool seeing all these uh, different cryo facilities opening up too. That Dude, have you ever done the cryo chamber? I haven't done it yet. No. Dude, it's freaking magical. There's so one I, I, near I, me, yeah, like ten minutes away. Yeah, I was going to, uh, so I was going to a chiropractor, and they had a cryo chamber, cryo chamber there, and it was great. I do, um, I would do the cryo and then massage, and it's freaking great because you like, or and then or I do acupuncture, or I do like the you know the stretching and stuff like that. I tell you, the cryo chamber is great. So it, the the good part of that is you don't have to put like together an ice bath or do like a wet cold shower. It's dry, and they just pump in this like, I guess it's uh, whatever liquid uh, liquid nitrogen, nitrogen yeah. mm-hmm. and it just steams up, and you're getting this like air steam on. So it's great. I gotta say, you should you should try. It. Minus two hundred and forty degrees. It's freaking awesome. Yeah. You do it for like a minute and you start freezing your ass off two minutes. Like I think they do it up to like three minutes, but I tell you what, it's for what, you, for what your body can tolerate. And I thought I was like baller. I was like, yeah, I could tolerate like two minutes. Like, no, let's start at a minute. I do like a minute and a half. I'm like, I got to tap out, you know? <laughs> so you go back every week and you do a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. But I tell you what, it freezes you down and you feel so much better, like energy wise, like it's great. Now, some people have like incredible claims. Like some people are like, well, you know, cure this and it cure that. I'm like, maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. I got to say for energy and recovery, it freaking helps like crazy. Mm. That's why every pro, like you look at pro athletes and pro teams and they do an ice bath after they like do a big workout. There's a reason for that. It's all to stop inflammation. 
You know, they do that on a regular basis. You look at football players, you look at Olympic athletes, they do ice bath. A cryo chamber is the same thing as doing an ice bath without the ice and without the water. So. Yeah, I got to try this out. This looks pretty awesome. I want one at home. Dude. I want one of those and I want one of the uh, the Joe Rogan, like, you know, the uh, seclusion chamber. What do they call those? The hyperbaric chamber. Oh, it's great. Yeah. The the uh, float tank, yeah. Sensitization. Yeah. Desensitization desensitization chamber whatever yeah right float well you know if we uh if we make this podcast work out that could be part of our facility we have set up have you I seen think like you, i think if you have a company that is promoting that we would love to try it out have you seen his like new studio that he has no like he has like a whole building is that it's the like, one where elon musk was like shooting off the flamethrower the not a flamethrower yeah I saw that. It was freaking awesome. I was hey, like, he has like this like ridiculous like workout, like this gym. Then he has like all these like freezers for meat. He's got an archery range. He's got the studio. I'm so like, is that attached to his house? Is that a separate location no, he goes like a, to? A separate, separate location. Yeah. Damn. That'd be great if it was like attached, like a, a, like oh, I bought up more like property in the back and just freaking built this shit out. Well, the problem is you have people coming there. You know, like coming to your house. Let's get a guard. You gotta get a guard with a gun. Yeah. Same. Like that's what like, but that's like what I want our studio next year to be like. Have it like up in a either Vermont or out in Utah. Have our studio set up where we have, you know, we have the studio, but we also have like a little training area. We have, you know, a place to like grill and hang out, a bar, and then again like the, a little cryo chamber. You know, like a similar but like a little more ski oriented version of that. How about like, a little tiny house? On the top of Jackson Hole, that'd be awesome, right? Take over Just, that uh, Corbett's uh, cottage where they uh, make the, the Corbett Corbett's cabin. Corbett's cabin. We have the waffles. Just take no, it. Gotta, throw a second floor on it. We'll be upstairs because you got to keep that place operating. Because in the mm-hmm. morning, I'm walking down in my like drawers, just getting like bacon a waffles. Yeah. Great bacon waffle. That place was magical. That would be pretty sweet. Yeah, just kind of like uh, yeah, they just put up a, a second floor on there. Dude, you know what happened, but like Tommy was like, hey, Tommy, what's going on? <laughs> you guys coming down? Yeah, yeah, let's go. Uh, he's like, he's out at Cadrillo's freaking skin his ass off. The guy's yep. got the life, man. He's the man. Mm. Love you, Tommy Moe. Shout, Shout out to out. Tommy Moe, our boy. Damn, you go, Goldie. <laughs> All right, next up. So we kind of alluded to, you know, people getting snow out there and out west. They've announced when the Colorado ski resorts are scheduled to open for the season. And like we mentioned, Wolf Creek is going to be opening partially this weekend, the 13th, but intending to fully open November 2nd. Loveland and a basin are still going to battle for that silver medal. They're saying mid October. So that could be, you know, starting this weekend till the weekend after probably Keystone's gunning for November 9th, Breckenridge, November 9th, eh, November 9th, Winter Park, November 14th. Copper, November 16th. Vale, 16th. Purgatory, 17th. Beaver Creek, 21st. Monarch, 21st. Steamboat, 21st. Aspen Highlands, 22nd. Eldora, 22nd. Snowmass, 22nd. Telluride, 22nd. Echo Mountain, 23rd. Howelson Hill, 24th. Silverton, 24th. Kendall Mountain, 7th. Aspen, 8th. December 8th, that is. Uh, Buttermilk, December 8th. 
Ski Cooper, December 8th. Sunlight, December 8th. Granby Ranch, December 14th. Powderhorn, December 14th. And Ski Hesperus, December 21st. All right, so half of those that you just mentioned, we're actually trying to do a GoFundMe to buy those so we can do our own conglomerate and ski pass, right? Mm, that's true, yeah. So everybody should just write us at skibumpodcast.gmail.com. The same. Yeah, if you want in. All right, so next up we got <clears throat> AccuWeather. So everybody comes out with their own weather thing, right? We always do Weather Channel, NOAA. So AccuWeather, which is great because I'm listening to the news and it's all AccuWeather. I don't know. I guess it's another news organization, another whatever. What I like about their site is they don't have as much clickbait. There's not, hey, watch this Geico commercial for 30, se- 30 seconds before getting to it. They're just like showing you the story that you want to see. So they're saying, unfortunately, not all ski resorts are going to reap winter's rewards during the upcoming season. So they're saying some people are going to be asked out. They're saying uh, through December, they're saying above normal temperatures. So they're not, oh, they're not for, they're saying good. Like if you look on their map that they have, um, just north of New York, New Jersey, you get into like New England area. They're saying it's going to be good. So Killington has a shot. They're going to have a Women's World Cup. I think it's going to all go swimmingly. They only have to have, what was the stat that they came out with last year? It was like they have to have two or three days that are under a certain temperature and they can blow snow and cover the whole mountain. They had like six days or so, I think. Yeah, it's crazy. So maybe less than that. Hopefully they can do that. Um, so they're going to say it's going to be scarce, mild on nights, and give problems to people making man-made powder. However, they're saying in January and February, there's going to be a surge of Arctic cold air predicted. So I want to see the, uh, what do they call it, uh, the Arctic Clipper, the Canadian Clipper. Love that. Oh, the polar vortex. Polar vortex, Canadian clipper. What was the other one they had? The um, it went from polar vortex to something else the following year. I love how they just changed the name of it. It's great. Yeah, they have like a, it's almost like a word jumble. They have like a bunch of different like cold sounding words, and then a bunch of like you know, just uh, scientific. And now they're like naming the winter Anomaly. storms, so it's kind of funny. It's gonna be uh, snow king. Yeah. I'm wait. I'm I'm holding out for Snow King. Snow no, King's gonna... Clarence. <laughs> Clarence is coming to town. We had Frankenstorm. We had Snowmageddon. Um, I think Snow King is is around the corner. It's gonna be like a cat. They're gonna start with like cat, a different category thing, but they're gonna call it like Cat Four. Um, Blizzard. You know. I like Powfoon. 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 Right? You were saving that in the holster, weren't you? Pretty much, yeah. Damn, I hope Talked the news loaded, people. My man. I hope the news people don't hear it because they're gonna steal that shit. That's like oh, that's dude. good. Yeah, Snowvira, I could see that. Um, <laughs> Elvira, yeah, that's right. Snowvira, if it if it snows in October, it'd be like Snowvira. Um, yeah. Uh, so they're saying. Um, January, February, surge of Arctic cold. So they're going to say snowmaking is going to, is going to be good and it's going to increase the likelihood, likelihood for big snow events. So their long-term uh, predictions favor, they're saying, northeastern Pennsylvania into New England for the best late winter snow. So hmm. might be good. Um, 
Killington and, and North. I'm I'm thinking Jay Peak. Jay Peak could be epic, yeah. Jay Peak gets puking snow on. That's pretty good. A lot of time. So I love now. It's like the buzz. Everybody has an opinion. It's you know. Yeah, it's an interesting map because you know they have the 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 actual ski season breakdown. You know uh, they have the good conditions and then the fair to poor. And it's looking like most of Colorado and Utah are in the fair to poor. Yeah. And then it looks like Wyoming and Western Montana are both in the good. Also in the good is the, uh, the Sierras, Tahoe, and Tahoe. In, into Oregon. But again, Washington, they're saying poor. Most of Idaho is kind of split. So I guess it depends on where you are. The it's it's almost like it's right diagonally across the state, nice. um, with the southwestern part getting fair to poor and the northeastern part getting good. So, I tell you, brother, I've been thinking about recently. I don't know why it hit me. I don't know if it's because we've been talking about it here and there, but I think we need just to just to ground our soul again. We need to go back to Tahoe. I'm not opposed to that. I've been thinking about that. The like, I gotta say, for the last like few months, because I'm thinking about like trips and all this other stuff going on, and like people are doing trips and there's this trip and that trip, and I'm like, that doesn't sound great. That doesn't sound great. I booked a trip with with Harry. I'm going to Switzerland this year, so we're gonna do Switzerland. You're gonna be in the snow show, but we still gotta do. I think you should go from the snow show out to Tahoe. We ski Tahoe, and then we go to freaking crash ice. That that's, would be a pretty epic week. In my mind, that's an epic week or two. That would be great. Yeah. But uh, I think I think we need to do Tom, Heavenly. State line, Reno, Reds. We need to do it all. We that would be re- fun. Recreate that trip. Yeah, that would be a good time. I'm thinking that would be the uh, reality tour. We're gonna. That might be open to other people. Throwback. I'm going to try to put that together, see, see if I can make that happen. I'll get pricing. I'll throw it uh, out there for people. Um, yeah, I'm not going to make Japan this year. One of our buddies is doing – our buddy uh, Steve is doing Japan again. Yeah, Kevin and Steve are doing it again, which is pretty awesome. Kevin, Kevin's organizing again. I'm like, God yeah, damn it. It seems like a pretty epic trip. If I wasn't getting laid off this year, I'd be like, well, into that. <laughs> but then again, I'm like, why shouldn't I? I have free time. <laughs> I'm only going to live once, right? This is true. I don't get a second chance to do this, so – Get her done. I should just show up and renegade. <laughs> yeah. Show up in Japan. Konnichiwa, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> dude, that'd be hilarious. You show up, they're like, dude, I thought you said you didn't want to come. No, I'm going to hang out with you guys. <laughs> I didn't say we, I didn't want to come. I just didn't want, I want to do a more baller trip than you guys were doing. I'm taking the whole itinerary and I'm doing everything one one better. Do the creepy friend hang on like for the whole trip. That'd be funny as hell. It's like, like dude, go do your own thing, man. No, no, I was planning to do here. See my itinerary? Yep. <laughs> and we got one more story here in the old ski news section. This is from the good folks at 686. They have come out with a new jacket. And what's cool about this jacket... Dude, I love their that, stuff, by the way. Yeah, their stuff is really sweet. Their they stuff. have... The new jacket, um, they have this new technology that they have. It's called the Hydra Stash. 
and what it is it's it's a um you know like a a bladder a water reservoir that you keep in the jacket and you know there's a lot of like camelbacks that are out there like the backpacks you can wear our buddy rem he has has the um the bootlegger which is like a vest with the bladder built into that which is pretty slick but this is cool because it actually goes into the jacket itself and you know i i look at the um the way the reservoir is and I, at first i didn't quite get it and i looked at the the little diagram of it what it is it's almost you know like when you buy something from amazon and it has those like air pouches they look yeah they look rectangular and there could be like you know six eight of them or whatever and they kind of sh- you know fold them up and then they stash them in the in your box it's kind of like that but it wraps around your back area hmm. so it curves and contours to you know your your body shape and then it has the the res or the um the what is it like the tube yeah tubing that goes from that goes up inside the jacket and pops out right by your collar and you can zip it in and out so it doesn't freeze so your body temperature actually keeps it warm in order to keep it from freezing which is always the biggest you know one of the biggest problems with these bladders is that you know, a lot of times they they freeze up, and you when you want your water, you can't get to it. So, it's pretty cool because it's like almost like a belt bladder that goes around your just above the belt and goes around, and and I guess you're usually pretty warm there, and it's under the jacket. So that seems pretty cool. It's almost like you know if you wore like a weight belt, yeah, you know, like for like back support, but it's it's like those hydration channels, and yeah, it's I mean, what is it? Maybe like three or four inches tall. And it has those little chambers and yeah, it kind of wrap it gets tucked into the jacket, wraps around like above your waist, and then you have the um the funnel or the um the tube the, thing. The tubing system that goes inside the jacket and pops out by your collar. So it's a pretty slick little system. That's pretty cool. You know, I've I tell you what, I've gone back and forth because as you know, like for probably like the last four seasons. My tube always freezes up. It's just because it's cold, and it's like one of the older ones that comes out of the back and goes over your shoulder. Um, this looks cool, but I'm at the point where I'm like, I'll take a freaking bottle and chuck it in my backpack and just take it out. You yeah. know? So it's kind of, I'm always concerned about cleaning because my whole thing is, if you can't clean this well, well, it's going to last like a season and be funky and whatever. You should make yourself sick at some point. But this is pretty cool. Yeah, they've thought through a lot of stuff for this jacket. And this could be one of the first ones that actually is a, a legitimate solution to the problem. Yeah, it says a 0.75 liter reservoir. So that's actually pretty good size. So it's not a full liter. Uh, half a liter is like about the size of like a normal like water bottle that you get, like a bottle of water. Uh, like a water bottle and a half, pretty much. Right. So it's a water bottle and a half, which is a good amount. I mean, you know, so you fill it up if you drink a lot you fill up during when you break for lunch or something that size is small enough where it's not going to be too cumbersome which is nice that's pretty cool like that yeah so if if you folks at 686 want to send us one to test out we'd be happy to do so i like the styling of their stuff though like they have like really cool hats really cool like other gear like it's yeah they got some good stuff yeah this these look really nice too they're not overdone. They're styled pretty, pretty uh, elegantly. I gotta see. Are they gonna be at the uh, the show? Yeah, that's a nice little segue into the main topic. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't know if they're gonna be there, but we're gonna have to figure it out. Yes. Yeah, so the main topic. So we're we don't have too much to talk about today. Oh, we have a lot to talk about. I guess it's we not, do. Just not formal. It's not formal. So, informal talkers. So this is kind of something we've talked about in the past, and you know, we talked about it with our our friend Matt uh, from the Boston Globe that we spoke to a few months ago. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Matt. The Boston Snow Show is the big East Coast, you know, show for the ski industry, and we have officially decided that we will be attending the snow show in Boston. Boom! Which we are super. It's always easy to say, oh, yeah, we'll do it and kind of find a reason not to go. But Mario has already booked his flight. We've already Dude, booked yeah. our hotel. Pad, man. We yeah. don't have a hotel. We got a pad. We're ready to have a party. Anybody wants to meet us up there? We're not supposed to have parties, but we can have a party. Just saying. Just saying. We're not having a party. I'll meet up with you, <laughs> but we're not having a party. Surprise. <laughs> I'm going to be fucking tired. <laughs> Seriously, but yeah, so, gonna be out, be out and about. So this the uh, the Boston Expo takes place on November eighth through the eleventh. It's at the Seaport World Trade Center, and like I said, we have already booked our hotel, our travel plans. We're gonna be there. We're really excited about it. One cool thing is too is that they have um, a bunch of the ski movies drop that week up there yes big one is tgr right they got that in the imax they have it at the imax saturday night which is pretty cool well so i looked at the schedule they have it on uh thursday night but we're getting there friday and then they have it saturday so thursday night i forgot where it is but then friday night's at the imax i'm like that's pretty dope oh house of blues on thursday house of blues thursday okay yeah sweet. I mean, they're both pretty sweet but yeah, we're not going to be there for that one. Um, I'm hoping to go to the New York City one, which is the seventh. Yeah, it'll be cool. That's what I'm planning on. Hopefully, with uh, one of our our podcast pals, he'll be there. And uh, you know, if when that if it does happen, we'll be sure to announce it. And if anyone wants to meet up and and chat and take some pictures, we're happy to do that too. But uh, yeah, the Boston one's the big one. And like I said, we've you know kind of talked about it, and we've always alluded to hopefully going but yeah we're officially we're in we're set we're making this happen nice. so we're excited yeah you know and it's gonna be great yeah and you're actually flying up for this it's not we're not taking it lightly we're gonna probably podcast so i have um interview mics that i got dude we're so we're, we're so hooked up um we're gonna have the little ladies around. We're gonna have like a lot of fun, a lot of happiness. We're only bringing good shit to this whole thing. I tell you what, our intentions. We got the new logo. Brian's got like freaking new stuff. He's dropping new new logos on stuff. It's it's great. I tell you, it's it's gonna be a fun time. Um, and if anybody doesn't know us or hasn't heard about our legendary party, we pretty we do a pretty goddamn good job. We we have in the past we've we've hit it pretty hard. Um, I'd say um, survived to tell the tales, which is always important. But we keep it on the DL because we keep a low profile. Um, I gotta say it's gonna it's gonna be pretty good. We're gonna have a lot of fun. Yeah, you know we're we're really excited about this, and it kind of goes into the other part of the main topic. You know, we you mentioned it earlier. We have relaunched the website skibumpodcast.com. 
All the hard work by Brian. I can't take any credit for this. This has been a massive summer undertaking. And it was, it was nice because, you know, in the summertime, you know, we tend to get a little depressed. We'll be honest. You know, we try to embrace the summer and all the things that are, you know, enjoyable about it, but you know, we're, we're skiers. That's what we want to do. We want to be out there in the mountains and the snow. And uh, this was my, 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 my labor of love, my massive project this summer. And I've been, I've been thinking about it for a while and I was, you know, I've, I've been just accumulating just inspiration and, you know, knowing what I wanted to do. I've been working on this logo for, I think my first ideas that I threw at Mario was like January or February of this year. I was going to say it's been almost like a year. Like it's been a long time. And, you know, I had originally, again, it's out there. Check it out. You can see it at skibonepodcast.com. And we go back and forth a little too. I was like, I don't know, I don't like it. He's like, oh, this is going to be better. Like, I was like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, well, well, the original original that I had, you made a really good point. You're like, dude, this looks like freaking, what's his name? Scott, Scott, is it Scott Van Pelt from uh, ESPN? Yeah, that bald dickhead from ESPN. The bald dickhead <laughs> from ESPN. Yeah, I'm like, shit, it does look kind of like that. You just got to put him right in the noggin. Because originally it was like a more of like a rounder logo, like the, yeah. the part of it. Because again, you know, I wanted it to be. I'm from my hair, but like a death grip right now. Like I got no hair, but like I'm not as bald as that dude. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I was like, wow, it does look kind of similar to what I was going for. But yeah, it was actually a good point. So I was like, you know what? Let me tweak it to make it look more like a mountain peak than the head. Dude, so, so and the earphones, you got like the the that is my favorite the- part of the logo. So if you haven't checked it out yet. Um, and people don't get that at first. And once they get it, they're like, holy shit, that's awesome! Because the Van Pelt dude, you just got earphones on, dude. You don't got nothing. What do you got? And it actually is is set up kind of wrong. Like if you look at headphones, it the the band always goes on like the the outside part of it while they his has it on the inside part which i mean i guess some headphones are that way but most of them they're not that way so yeah if you look at the logo what it is it's actually the it looks like the headphone part is it's two skis and then the outside is a snowboard so each side has two skis and a snowboard and then the headphones kind of go up to more of like a a little bit of a a mountainy peak and then you know the bottom kind of looks almost like a smiley face but it's you know it's the similar similar kind of trajectory to make this almost like face looking thing and then the eyes and everything is nice yeah and then the eyes are just kind of two black diamonds with you know like a snowy peak so it's it looks like a face but it's not technically a face but i feel like we should give him a name like i feel like he should like our logo i think somebody should write into us and let us know what name we should pick my first thought was podcast at gmail.com let us know what you think we got to nickname him. Like, I feel like I was thinking Moby as in like Tommy Moe, Johnny Mosley, you know, like, or even Moe. Moe's a little too. I don't know. Like we just, he needs a nickname. I think we got to have like a, uh, we got to have a walk. We got to drop a lot of mushrooms. Like, or like, well, a, I mean, cannab- cannabis is legal in the fine state of Massachusetts where the snow show is going on. Drive out to the mountains. Maybe we'll pop a vision quest. Vision quest. Hopefully we dose it right, depending on traffic. <laughs> yes. If you're not Silicon Valley fans, you're not gonna get that reference. But yes. <laughs> That's how he came up with Aviato. Aviato. 
<laughs> so yeah, uh, so but if have... anybody wants to see it, like just go to our Instagram site, Skeeve on Podcast. Um, well, all the socials should have the new logo up there now at this point, hopefully. Yeah, we posted like recent, our last two recent posts have like the the logo on it. It's great. Yeah, we're starting to get some swag put out there. Uh, hoping to get some more swag by the time we get to the show. We're hoping to do more with the site. Like I said, we launched it. It's I'm still fixing a lot of stuff. I mean, I put it out there last Sunday. It was like 2.30 in the morning. I was freaking bleary-eyed. I just got it out there. It, it was a disaster. I fixed a bunch of things the next day. I still got more things I got to fix, but it's out there. And I'm, I'm, I'm super I, excited about it. I think it fits into our mantra. We're just for ski bumps, dude. This is what we do. We just put it out there and like, hey, it's kind of information. Just text us if you want us. Like, whatever. We just let what, us know, man. We do what we can, you know. But uh, I, I, I really want. You, I was like, dude, I think something's broken. You're like, dude, I don't know. Like, uh, whatever, man. Yeah, it's, it's there's some things that are still broken, but yeah, it's a work in progress. And you know, eventually, hopefully, in the next couple of months, we do want to have a um, uh, a, like a storefront on there and sell a couple of shirts and hats and, and stuff because you know, we, we're hoping you guys dig it as much as we uh, you know, but got some feedback that you guys are enjoying what we're doing here. And, and you know, we want to take this again to the next level and do more trips and talk to more people and get more information out there to everyone. So that's kind of what we're looking to fund in the next couple months, because again, we want to, we want to do more with this and we want to be more immersive and more fun and get there, meet more of you guys and ladies and people and just, uh, just build a community, you know, cause that's really what this is all about is just, you know, we love, we love skiing. We love the mountains. We love the, the lifestyle and we want to just talk to more people and learn from more people and share with more people of all the things that, that we love too. So yeah, it's really what it's about, just building a community. And the more people we can meet and the more places we can go, the the farther our reach can get and the more information we can can share. So that's our that's our goal. Well, it's great to get the feedback. And it's funny, like, you know, when we do have a misstep, it's good to get feedback too. I mean, it, it's good to know that people are looking. And when we realize people are looking, it's like, oh, we got to tighten things up. So it's kind of, you know, good. I mean, I like it. It keeps us on our toes, which is nice, yeah. I mean, we're not trying to... We're not putting pictures of Brian in bikini bending over, working out, doing squats, like just to get Instagram followers. We're That's just our like problem. <laughs> it's not our problem. That's what we do. Like we we're not that with those people. So it's kind of you know. Yeah, we don't. We're not. We're not trying to bullshit people. That's for sure. You know, we're just trying to. This is what we are. We're a couple of dudes who love skiing, who uh, love talking about it, who love having a couple of drinks, who love talking about you know food and you know one of our things we've, we've stupid mentioned. Shit. It's yeah, stupid. Don't forget the stupid shit because that's a big part of us. It's part of it, you know. But you know, like we've we've mentioned it a bunch of times, you know, we we want to be like the Anthony Bourdain's of skiing, you know, travel around, talk to people, experience things, and, and share that with others. That's that would be our ideal ideal way of of running this podcast. But you know, I like what you just said right now because I tell you what, we like to share what we've experienced because I tell you what, it's great to experience and we look for that like golden moment to experience it. But then afterwards, after you experience it, you're just like, you're so happy. You want to share it with other people, right? Yeah, I love hearing what people have done too and what they love to share. You know, we can, uh, like I said, build a community around this and, you know, have just a, a cool, like-minded bunch of people who are out doing fun, you know, of pushing the limits of, uh, of their abilities and, and coming back to tell the tales and, and having a great time doing it. Yeah, we might not be celebrities, we might not be on TV, we might not be like known from any other shit, but I tell you what, 
A lot of fun. We like connecting with people. Uh, that's what I want about. this to be my full-time job by 2020. Otherwise, we're done. The podcast gets gets locked up and closed in 2020. If this Ooh. is a full-time gig. Brian's calling it. The gauntlet's Brian's thrown calling. down. There we go. Uh, but anyway, so for the rebranding and all the work you did, Brian, you get a crowd. That's all we got, man. That's all we got. That's we got the studio sad. crowd. That's what keeps me keeps me fired up. You know, drinking another cup of coffee at two in the morning and, and keep on plowing through. Well, thanks a lot, man. I tell you, it means a lot yeah. to me. I'm I'm proud of it. You know, I'm really excited about it. And, you know, I think again, I am fixing things, but for the most part, I think it's pretty awesome. I think I like the style, I like the colors, I like I love the logo. You know, I've got it on a couple of things. We posted it already on uh on Instagram, you know, the hats and the t shirts we got made up. I think they look really nice and uh i've got these i got these sweatshirts which i freaking love but unfortunately the weather here is so goddamn freaking shitty i can't even wear them what? i'm really sweating my ass off wearing t-shirts and shorts so uh, I, think, Uller. Uller. I think this weekend it's going to drop into the 40s so i'm super excited and i'm actually trying to find a pair of orange sweatpants like yes. sweatpants or like wind pants or Dude, you don't have orange sweatpants I don't. Damn, I, I do have orange camouflage Under Armour shorts that I wear running. Because again, it's all about being visible. That would match. But shorts I want to get all either summer. all winter. I want to get a pair of orange or blue, light blue, like pants, like gym pants, you know, sweatpants that match the color of the logo. Because I think that with the black sweatshirt would look tight. So nice. That's, I'm thinking what what I'm hearing from you is we need to develop designs and get to production a whole full on top and bottom sweatsuit, high flute and ski bum sweatsuit, like a tracksuit. Shit, yeah, yeah. Old Run DMC, old freaking freaking exactly. Sopranos. That's right, <laughs> like Sopranos jumpsuit. I can go for like a bagel and some coffee walking. Down the street, like two blocks, in my in my sweatsuit, in your tracksuit, yes, in my tracksuit, be great. Yeah, I'm already I'm already starting to like I said, I love the new logo. I'm gonna start. We've already started ordering like stickers and patches. Like, I'm gonna be putting like covering up like North Face logos and everything with this patch because that's all I want to be showing off. And I want to. And we're gonna need a street team. We're gonna need a street team to do that. So we're, we're gonna reach brand out. ambassadors. Yeah. yeah, we need some people to do that for us, and then we'll include them in some stuff. Maybe a trip or two, or you know, I mean, uh, settle down there. Maybe a drink. <laughs> hey, 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 I'm thinking if they do really I'm good job, big. Yeah. I'm thinking big. And, you know, this is what I do. What I do. I think big, and then I, I you know, water it down. It's kind of like my bourbon. I think big, and then I water it down. Dial it back. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, we are, we're excited. Like I, I love the site again. It's I've the last two weeks. Cause I was like, I have to have this up by October 1st. And I did. And it's not in still kind of buggy form, but it was up because I've been bleary eyed the last couple of weeks. Just I've been up to like ass crack of dawn, like two, two thirty three in the morning, just getting this thing completed. So I'm happy it's out there. And again, I know there's some bug fixes. There's a lot of them. I got this whole freaking sheet of things I got to fix, but it's it's the main stuff is out there and it'll get there and it looks dope on mobile which is the most important thing so i figured that's kind of where most people are, are listening to with their podcasts checking out on their mobile most people aren't looking at it on desktop so mobile was important that's kind of what i was focusing on it works nicely there on all the different devices 
Unless you're on a Windows phone. If you're on a Windows phone, I just, I don't know. I can't help you. I'm sorry. You don't have any respect for that, right? It's just kind of fucked up. Like, I don't know if I have respect for that. Your company gave that to you. You know, like, you don't want to use a Windows phone. Nobody yeah, wants to use a Windows phone. Yeah. We got to make our own phones. Three we need a Stephen Podcast phone. <laughs> that would be pretty epic, but I don't think we're quite there yet. Daniel Cormier versus Derek Lewis, UFC 230. What do you yes, think and if, anyone, if anyone did miss the UFC this weekend, you know, the McGregor-Khabib fight was the big one. But was a good fight, dude. But possibly the best post-fight interview was with Derek Lewis, a.k.a. the Black Beast. <laughs> Black Beast. He won his fight, and he took his pants off, like, right after the fight. <laughs> and uh, Joe Rogan interviews him. He goes, uh, Derek, why'd you take your pants off? He goes, my balls was hot. <laughs> <laughs> the dude just has no filter. He's great. He's just like, my balls is hot. Is it? He follows him on Instagram. He has one of the best Instagram accounts ever. He just posts oh, yeah. the funniest shit. He does. He he follows some crazy shit on there. Would you see like so? They announced today that he's fighting Daniel Cormier at I guess whatever the, yeah. not the next one like the two the whatever uh, two thirty yeah. UFC two thirty, and they had a press conference with the two of them. He's and. Daniel Cormier, which is like you know, the nicest guy, double champion. He's like, why are you trolling me? Like, why you got this hate toward me? And Derek Lewis goes, because that video you made, you disrespected Popeye's fried chicken. <laughs> <laughs> it's like totally random. Oh, okay. Well, he has a DC. Daniel Cormier has a very weird body. He's kind of, he doesn't look like a champion. Let's just put it that way. He's yeah, kind he of a little they even make fun of him when he's commentating. It's yeah, because he's kind of fat. But he loves he loves fried chicken. He made this this awful video, and it's like that all about the bass song, you know. He yeah. goes, it's like it's all about the chicken, and it's like you watch it and you're just like, I hope he gets punched in the face. Like it just it's it's really bad. But uh, but Derek Lewis had no time for that. He was not like in his disrespect of uh, Popeyes. So Derek Lewis's fucking Instagram feed is gold. I gotta say. I remember, I remember the first time we watched him, we were up at the ski house and it was like some other pay-per-view <laughs> that he was on. And like he was talking, he's like, where fun-ass Ronda Rousey at? <laughs> That's right. So he says afterwards. Oh, he's the best. He's, he's hysterical. Awesome. Yep. Yeah. He's, he's pure. That's what it is. Just mm-hmm. Pure gold. Right he follows his heart, kind of like we do. <laughs> we just do it in a much less UFC-ish kind of way. That's awesome. So yeah, so the podcast is out there. We're going to the snow show. We're excited. We feel, you know, we, we've been doing this for three years now, over three years. And, you know, it started off, we had no idea what we were doing, how to do it. And now we're, we've kind of got our formula down. We like our formula. We think you guys are liking it too, because you're checking it out. And now we want to make it better, you know, just improve upon it. So Video's that's coming soon. We're going to, we're going to reach the gap to video. Yeah. You know? We have some facial re- reconstruction going on. <laughs> we're get, we're shaving our chins down. Or actually, we're getting bigger chins put in. Right, we're shaving our knuckles, like you know the whole thing. We're getting normal foreheads. Like we got some reconstruction going, and we're, and we're all, gonna pretty up for everybody. We're gonna get all Kardashianified. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah, up, we keep, keeping up with the ski bums. That's right. Keep it up with the ski bums. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's going to happen. And I tell you what, it could happen soon because I tell you what, this is pretty entertaining. Uh, Watching me keep pouring my bullet into my glass. It's like an endless glass, but I tell you, the bullet is getting lower and lower. 
Yeah, about. see, you're going where I was last episode. Damn, so I'm, up. I'm, I'm going full KIT right now. I'm keeping it together. Full KIT is good. Okay, so, well, I didn't pre-pound. Like, last week, I was just, like, pre-gaming, and it was just not good. Not yeah. good. But, you know, we're uh, we're going to wrap this up pretty soon. But, yeah, we're, we're excited about this. We're going to have more information as we get closer to the date. But for now, you can go to skibumpodcast.com, check out the new site, and we'll have links to all the show notes there, obviously, and all of our socials. So check it out, skibumpodcast.com. Under the ropes. Mario, kick us off. All right, so first up, Murky Michaels hit in Florida. Everybody who doesn't know, um, it's in the Florida Panhandle pretty bad. Um, and there is a statistic that goes on about Waffle Houses. Uh, right now, so I actually looked at the story yesterday and Waffle House was actually closing 18 stores. So um, it, people were baffled that Waffle House was closing 18 stores. Between yesterday and today, they're closing 13 restaurants uh, because of danger and you know flooding and, and stuff going on. Um, that might have changed since you're going to hear this to, you know, when you hear this, uh, when we record this to when you hear it. But they're, they're, um, they're known for staying open during disasters because they service a lot of the people that go out and they're, you know, they're doing the um, emergency support and everything. Like it's the only thing that's open. They're usually 24 hours. So there's actually a Waffle House Storm Center team that mobilizes during extreme weather which I had no idea this existed because that'd be crazy. Like, can you have like a Waffle House suit? That'd be freaking, I would love a Waffle House suit, just saying. Um, so they actually monitor the storm and they very rarely close. It's only got to be extreme conditions. And what happens is FEMA actually monitors, there's a Waffle House index, which is a color-coded indicator of what restaurants are open. And that indicates the hint to them how bad the conditions get so it's pretty awesome that like waffle house is like you know we're, we don't want to put our people in harm's way but we're going to be open if we can and uh all the all the you know first responders and everything go there so it's pretty crazy so they're saying you know they they decided to close 30 stores which is which is huge uh for them um and they're hoping they rebound back, and FEMA actually keeps track of that. And it's pretty wild. It, it actually tells details about, like, you know, when people lose power and, and people have nowhere else to go, they actually go to Waffle House and eat or just hang out there and get food. Um, so it's pretty cool. Like, people don't realize, like, how big a role. You know, if you think something is minor, you won't realize it has a huge role until something like this happens. You're like, wow. Cause we've heard about this before, like with hurricanes, that there's a waffle house indicator index. Sorry. Waffle house. Index. Incredible. Incredible. Yeah. They, they really are one of the most valuable indicators of weather. Yeah. It's like in the country. And if you don't know what a waffle house is, cause they're not all over the country. They're actually almost all over the country, which is amazing too. Well, everywhere. I think they're predominantly in the South, right? Predominantly in the South. So I, I learned about Waffle House. So I went from New York to North Carolina. You go from New York and there's diners, like all home-owned, like, you know, family-owned, like diners all over the place. Open until 6 in the morning. Well, actually open 24 hours because bars close at 5. 
So you go down south and now bars close at one, but 24 hours, Waffle House is always in every little town. And I was amazed at this. Like, I was like, wow, this is like a whole network of like, they're not diners. They're like a chain diner, Waffle House, that just serves everything all the time, 24 hours. So it's kind of cool. I, I, I love the concept of it. Um, of course, there's those stories about getting crap food there, but you know what? It's regular food for regular people. And I tell you what, you go to Waffle House, you're going to go Waffle House food. It's great. Yeah, you're not going to walk away hungry. Yeah, I like, like it. It looks like the closest one to me is 70 miles away. Yeah. Pennsylvania. Well, think about it. You got Cracker Barrel now, which was never there. Uh, you still have diners. I mean, up in the Northeast, there's like diners that are just, I don't know, people down, down South don't usually know diners as being a big thing. It's like, no, diners are, you can get, you get like a legit, legit meal at like a diner at like five in the morning, which is weird. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it looks like, yeah, I guess the closest one to me is out in Pennsylvania. And I guess the furthest north, well, there's some in Ohio, but it looks like the Scranton, Pennsylvania area. Is Thunder Mifflin. The, uh, Thunder Mifflin, exactly. I watch The Office too much now. I got cable, you know what I watch like all the time is the fuck. The office watch I watch South Park maybe every every other week. You know what I watch all the time? The office. It's on all the time. Yeah. Horrible. Yeah, there's a few in Colorado, a couple in Arizona. But yeah, for the most part, it's a predominantly east coast, mostly southeast kind of thing. You know what's cool? Like they actually have a waffle index site, a waffle house index site. And it actually tells you what's open because I tell you what, in, in times of a storm, like let's say you have kids and like you don't have any power and whatever, let's say it goes like two, three days. It's really good to know like where like you can go to Waffle House and get a meal. Like it's, you know, people people take it for granted and they say, oh, it's not great food. Or, you know, it might not be your fucking organic like Whole Foods stuff cooked in there. But you know what? It's regular food for regular people and it's open. I gotta say, it's great. Preach on. Preach on, just saying. Waffle House. I was actually quite close to one when I was in Florida last week. I think I drove right past one. Oh. Where you buy a um, lot of good breakfast places. There's Perkins. There's. um, I've had one. I went to Perkins once and it was terrible. I'm never going back. Yeah, Perkins has been hit or miss. Depends on the way you go. Uh, Box Pit Boy. Jesus, or, are they still around? They're they're around. Uh, what's the other on the um, IHOP? IHOP is the Village Inn, which is big down here in Florida. Village that's Inn. That's like that's like a um, it's kind of like a diner, just open all all the time. And every once in a while, you find like in Clear Order, we have like a diner. Um, I gotta say, I love those places. Like the breakfast, unbeatable sausage, chicken sausage, turkey sausage. And then freaking your 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 uh, bacon's you get your regular bacon your turkey bacon boom boom it's like it's so all meat and then eggs boom eggs and then what do you have to top it off because we're south biscuits and gravy man we <clears throat> like gravy right gravy all over everything yeah well best of luck to those folks uh, in the path of, of Hurricane Michael and hopefully those waffle houses get open. 
pretty soon. I love on the website it says like hours of operation, 12 o'clock a.m. to 11.59 p.m. <laughs> Technically, you have to have open and close, I guess, right? I guess, yeah. But, yeah, definitely hard to go out to everybody that's going through this. Uh, hope you find, you know, I really hope it's neighbors helping people out because that's what America is about and that's what people being people are about. Um, you know, if I was on a glacier right now, and there's no food around and had food and somebody was like without food, I'd be like, Hey, I'm sharing with you. You know, that's what we should do. That's right. We're, we're bigger than politics and, and, you know, all this nonsense that they try to portray as separating us. We're all in this together. Let's, let's all act like it for once. Yeah. All right. Next up. Oh crap. It looks like Europa's surface is covered with gigantic shards of ice. Jupiter's moon Europa, with its subsurface ocean, may have what it takes to foster alien life. A mission to this icy moon is on the wish list of many astronomers, but new research suggests it won't be easy to land spacecraft there. Its surface seems to be littered with ice spikes, the tallest of which measure five stories high. Hmm. Awesome. Yeah, new research published this week in Nature Geoscience suggests Europa's surface is covered with tall, sharp-edged, icy blades known as penitentes. Penitent. If you're a geologist, that's a super cool discovery. But if you're an astrobiologist, it's a major bummer. That's because Europa, like Saturn's moon Enceladus, features a vast subsurface ocean that could serve as a potential habitat for extraterrestrial life. The presence of the penitentes some reaching to 50 feet in the air could pose a hazard to the future leader of Europa, the researchers write in a new study. Uh, they're composed of snow and ice, and they arise through sublimation, which is a chemical process in which the ice turns directly into water vapor without melting into a liquid beforehand. The remnants of this process of the penitentes themselves, which always point towards the midday sun, to form these icy spikes require bright, sustained sunlight and also cold, dry, still air. And it's really crazy. Like you look at it, and there's actually a picture of the surface of Europa with these ice penitentes. Well, is it penitentes or is it penitents? Penitents? I like penitents. It's the same. Well, they have. If well, you're an astrologer, astrophysicist. There's a pronunciation there, yeah. Penitentes, it says. All right. But they put penis tents together. Is penis what I'm saying. So there's a lot of penis tents hanging out. So so that they're showing Chile's Atacama Desert. Mm -hmm. And they're saying in Europa, it's similar, but they're much larger. So they're Pe showing like... I'm completely retarded. I thought that was actually a picture of Europa. I was like, yeah, oh my God, they have a picture of it. Like, I was right. wondering if they landed a, like, because they always like plunge like these freaking drones into there and they're like, yeah, yeah, it's great. It costs like a billion dollars and the we just sent stuff, like a yeah. freaking thing into like the, and it, we learned so much out of it. It's like, great. We're just like fucking apes throwing feces at stuff. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, so they're saying this is, this is like, but I didn't realize like, so think about that. Chile has these fucking things on their desert. Isn't that wild? It's really crazy. Like, yeah, it's these things are here and they're just magnifying them. I'm like, that's pretty legit. 
Yeah, it's almost like a like an ice sculpture or something that yeah. someone dropped in there, or like tombstones of ice. It's like Stonehenge ice things, you know? Icehenge. Icehenge. Yeah. Yeah, I guess uh, that's kind of nifty. But you know what? The fact that they do have all this ice and snow is kind of it's encouraging because what if that's Elon Musk's big purpose? Like, what if he's just trying to get interstellar travel in place, make us interplanetary because he wants to make sure we can still ski. That's right. Two he's reasons. Not going, he's not going to Venus or Mercury, right? Two reasons. Make oh, sure we're cold. not wiped out by an event. And the other reason, make sure we can ski. And the third reason, get some goddamn cash. Cause you know, there's like a pound of gold on every square foot of that place. And he's like, well, he's gonna I eventually, that shit. isn't it like that whole asteroid? that's like made of all diamonds or comet or something. That's it, man. Bring it out, man. Sell some bling. bling but yeah, bling. see, he's not going to Venus. He's not going to Mercury. He's going to where it's colder. He's going to the colder planet because he wants to make sure we can go skiing. All right, so next up we got the British couple that got drunk, kind of like us last week. Um, but they were on honeymoon, not like us, and they bought a hotel. Which not that there's anything wrong with that. I thought we could have bought a hotel last week because, I don't know, I'm thinking what they paid for it. We probably could have mustered that shit up. Like in about, I don't know. You sell a little bit of Bitcoin. I sell a little bit of this and that. You want to have that thing going. So anyway, um, this British couple was on their honeymoon, and they had one too many. They got drunk. And they're British. Get out of here. Hey, they got drunk on their own, their honeymoon. It's like, come on, that's like a layup, right? So Gina Lyons, thirty-three, and Mark Lee, thirty-five, from London. I guess they're going to be the Lee couple. Um, had a bit, bit too much rum when they made a spontaneous decision to buy a small beachfront spot in Sri Lanka. Who the fuck wouldn't want to own beachfront property in Sri Lanka? I think it's a good deal. Super hot so, right now, Sri Lanka. Yeah, right? So, <laughs> hot fire. Uh, spitting hot fire. It's the Dylan part of the country. After drinking 12 glasses of rum. So, they had been there. On a three-week packing trip in December 2017, and they hit it off with some staff members, and they decided to go there on their honeymoon. So they said, you know, let's go out uh, for our honeymoon. And they um, they found out the lease was almost up on the hotel. So they, they were like, hey, we're hammered. Let's take it over. It only cost $39,000 plus. So after finding out that it was only, it wasn't $39,000 up front, it was $13,000, $13,200. $13,200 a year, they were like, shit, it's, it's going to be a brilliant idea. So they claimed they were really drunk. I'm like, you know, this is a drunk decision, but it's not bad. It's in Sri Lanka. So they said they were buzz, and the remainder of the conversations of the purchase, they said, took place in another language, which they needed their friends to translate. And because they didn't understand most of the conversation, they just sat there drinking while people were translating. So they finally agreed they would pay $39,576 for the three-year lease. Three-year lease is not bad. And it's $19,788 for the first year um, and the other half by March 2019. But after making the final decision, they panicked when they found out, hey, we are expecting a child. So I guess on the honeymoon, they got hammered, they bought a place, and they had that baby there. Uh, so up, yeah. That's kind of cool. So 
why would you sell the birthplace of your child, right? So <laughs> this is what you were made, Nigel. Yeah, exactly. Here, here's your legacy. This is what we got. So friends and family thought they were idiots, and they said you shouldn't do it. They owed a lot of money from the wedding, which I guess they just went all out on the wedding, and they lived in a tiny flat, and they had a baby on the way. So they were like, all right, we're dead, like our life sucks, and whatever. So flashback to now, couple reopened the seven-bedroom bed and breakfast. They named it Lucky Beach Tangal uh, at the end of July, and after about $8,000 of renovations, they said business is booming. So they said they're, they're seeing a steady flow of customers, uh, probably by advertising uh, events like this through articles. Uh, and they insist their big decision, their next big decision will be made sober. So I think it was a smart decision. Yeah. And then, you know, what? Like, it's one of those things like people, you know, whenever you have an idea or a dream or something big and bold outside the norm, there's always going to be people who are going to try to deter you and tell you not to do it. And you know what? Again, people, exactly. it's, it's, you always need to look at where these people are coming from. And one thing you should always look at is, are these people successful? And are these the kind of people whose shoes you'd want to be in? Because you know what? A lot of the times when you do have a dream and a vision and you want to go bold and go off the grid and do something different, the people who are losers are going to tell you you can't do it, who tell you you shouldn't do it. You exactly. should just keep doing what you're doing. Oh, you've got a nice, safe job. You should stay in doing that. Dude, they want a diarrhea over your rainbow because they have no fucking clue on what they're doing with their life. It makes them feel better to feel like, oh, you're miserable. I'm fucking miserable too. Yes, that is a big thing. So many people who are unsuccessful or unhappy are going to try to tell you not to not to follow your dreams, not to go bold, not to do this. You know what? If people are not where you want to be, don't listen to their fucking advice because they're probably losers and you don't want to follow the advice of losers. I have a I keep in my my little photos app in my on my phone some inspiration and one of my favorite little inspirationally quotes there. It says, uh, well, there's a couple of them. And one, it, was, it shows a picture of the Matterhorn. And it says, if you don't take risks, you will always work for someone who does. Mm -hmm. That's true. That's what it is. You have to go big. You have to go bold. Otherwise, you're just going to just be a pathetic little yes person for the rest of your life. How many people do you run into that say, you know, I wish I could do my own thing on my own. I wish I could be my own boss. I wish I could like call my own shots and, and make my own day. If you gave most people that opportunity, they wouldn't know what the fuck to do with themselves. Yeah, and you know they what? Would be like, oh, I, 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 I'm waiting for somebody to call the shots. It's like, no, you have to be able to, you have to think in the mode that you want to do your own thing and you want to call your own shots and you want to make your own day. And once you do that, then you're ready to move to the next level and you got to take the chance, you know? And most people who say that, who say they can't do it or that they're the ones who are, you know, sitting around playing video games or, or watching bullshit on TV for a couple hours a night, wasting that time when they could have at least been, been trying to move towards that goal. You know, yeah, it's so exactly. easy to make excuses and come up with reasons why you can't do something. And it's a lot harder to actually just put the time and effort in to make it happen. And you know what? That's part of why I did this fucking website. Cause you know what? I, I've said it. And I, if, if you know me in real life, I will go on and on about how much I hate my job. And you know what? 
Nobody wants to hear someone complain, especially a fucking man. No one wants to hear you bitching and whining about your yeah, job. Nobody wants to fucking hear it. You know, yeah. it's, everyone's got their own problems and their own issues. And if you're not working towards a solution, you should just shut the fuck up, put your head down and get it done. Because it's just, it's nobody wants to hear it. It's pathetic. So, you know what I love about that is that I told you you can't do it. I'm like, I motivate you. <laughs> you are my Osho, apparently. <laughs> Nah, you fucking, you're a killer, man. Uh, but it, it's true. I mean, like people say they can't. Why can't you do something? If you say you can't do something, it's because you're you're putting in your way some limitations that in your mind are limitations of what you can do. There's nothing that limit limits one person from another. We're all people. Like some people are smarter than others. Some people have more connections than others. But why do they have connections? Why are they smarter? Why? why? So you ask why, 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 why? And there's a very slim difference between people as humans, but it's what you do with what you have. Like it really fucking comes out to that. And if you're willing to go the extra mile, if you're willing to get punched in the face, if you're willing to be get getting told no 500 times, if you're willing to be like sitting in the back of, of, of the fucking waffle house wondering what's going on with with your life but making something happen to get you to another place that's what's going to make you get there it's not going to be some magical thing's going to happen like everybody wants to hit the lottery but you know what your own lottery is your own lottery is what you choose to do with your life today yeah it's not about yesterday it's not about tomorrow so many people live in yesterday like i couldn't do this i couldn't do that it doesn't fucking matter what you did yesterday. You could have been a crack whore porn star. And you know what? Today, you are you, and you are fucking golden. You can do whatever you want to do today. It's, it's incredible. That's right. Like, you, you, already, you were already born, and for the most part, if you're listening to this, you're in the United States or Canada. You know, you are already pretty much put in the oh, best shit. place at the yeah. best time. Yep. Think about that. You know, you weren't born in, you know, as a woman in Rwanda. You know, you were born as a, as a person most likely in America or, or, or Europe or Canada at one of the times where you have enough technology that you can do and create something, a product that 10 years ago, 15 years ago would have cost you half a million dollars just for the equipment and gear to do it. I want to hear the story about the person that made it where they want to go and is happy where they want to be talking about the stuff that they went through. The that's horrible exactly stuff they went the book I'm listening to right now. Crushing. Rather than the person that's crying about what they're going through, saying, I can't get out of it. Like, find a way to do it. It's hard. It's fucking totally hard. It's, it's going to feel like it's the most impossible thing in the world. But when you get past it, you're going to realize it's so much different than you thought it was going to be. It's yeah, crazy. That's the book I'm listening to right now. Gary Vaynerchuk, his Crushing It book. It's got oh, all different awesome. examples. Gary of all these people who have, you know, their stories of how they ended up where they were. And yeah. there's this one woman, you know, she was, you know, she had her first kid at 16. who's getting abused by her, you know, the baby daddy and had to move out and had no family and left her kid with her mother. And, you know, just all these series of, of terrible things that happened to her, but she kept fighting. She kept hustling. She kept, you know, on the side working with, you know, she was, she was a you know a seamstress. She would make, you know, dresses and stuff on the side. And eventually turned into her own company. Her, she got a blog. She's got. She creates these designs because she, you know, she followed her passion. She stuck with it, and she didn't give up and didn't make excuses. That's and that's what every one of these stories has in common 
is that people were, you know, they got dealt a crappy hand, but they didn't whine and quit and give up. They just kept fighting. They just kept pushing through because eventually they knew that they had enough passion and enough enthusiasm. They were able to get where they wanted to go. So I listened to that talk that Gary V gave the, the keynote that you sent me. Mm-hmm. And I tell you, one of the things I loved about it is he talked about something I've been talking about for a while, because what about the kudos for the person that goes out and does a good job every day that supports their family, that, that kills it. Maybe they're not a rock star, but you know what? You work hard and you make things happen because you know, what, what, one of the things he was talking about is there's so much wealth to be made out there. If you work hard at it, rather than look for the big score and the quick way out, like you could work hard and make a huge living for you and your family. What about that person? Where are the kudos for that person? Yeah, you're, not, you're not making $10 million a year, but you're making a hundred grand. Exactly. Doing what you love. You know, that's like every, yeah, again, everyone's the, the big score to get famous quick things. Like we've been doing this for three years. We've been building this up to become something bigger and better. We could have quit. I mean, look, Mario moved to Florida. We could have been like, oh, well, well, you're down there. You know, fuck it. Let's just quit. Let's stop doing it. It's like, no, we're going to fucking double down. We're going to rebrand. We're going to work harder. We're going to push this and we're going to make this into something. We're going to make it where we just travel wherever we want to go to ski. Dude, I'm going to fucking Switzerland to ski this year. That's right. It's fucking epic. How many people get to go do that shit? That's what I'm talking about. Like, what are you doing with your life? Is it big? Is it small? Whatever. As long as you're happy with it. Like, yeah. you know, That's how we started doing this. We just, just tried it out. You know, let's just, let's just mess around and see what happens. And then we just started again, tweaking it and fine tuning it and improving and getting better. And, and now it's actually something that people listen to, you yeah. know, because we didn't give up on it. But here's the thing about us that a lot of people like, which is what we kind of identify with. If we're a regular guy, regular person, nine to five, or we don't work a nine to five, but you know what? We drive up in our fucking 10 year old Subaru, go up to the ski mountain and it doesn't really matter who we ski with. It doesn't matter if you're a fucking corporate CEO or a bum kid we're going to go there and we're going to ski with you and we're going to have a great fucking day. And you know what? I want to put that in a box of great days of my entire fucking life. And remember that till the day I die. And that's what means the most to me. That's what means what we're doing here on this podcast. We're not, we're not about like, yeah, we all want to be showy and it's great. Like we, of course we want to be showy. We want to be fucking boom, but we want to take people with us. We don't want to be just dicks saying, Oh yeah, we got this. Fuck everybody else. You know what I mean? Like, no, we just—it's—it's it's great. It's like kind of—we're—we're—we're we're about our dreams, but we're also about like being reality and for what we are like celebrating the day, celebrating life. That's really yeah, what yeah. skiing is. It's a celebration of life, of nature, of yeah. the moment. So think about today, right? So we're gonna end this podcast. I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna go to sleep. And I think, you know what, I lost one day in my entire life. What part of my day was that important for me to die for it and not have made the most of it, right? So I'm going to die sometime. Got to come to grips with that. But what part of my day am I using 20% of my day, 30% of my day, 80% of my day for stuff that I really enjoy? 
because that's what's going to make my life worthwhile when I die. Yep. You know? And you know what? The time we do on the podcast, it's fucking great. The people we meet, the stuff we have, the conversations we have off, off audio, off camera are fucking incredible because we're meeting with people. We're connecting with people, you know? Amen. That's and that's what we're going to do at the snow show. That's what we're going to do at the outdoor retail show. That's what we're going to do on the ski mountain. If you reach out to us, we're trying to meet up with you. Um, I think we have an invitation to go out to fucking Jackson Hole and try to meet up with people because you know what? These are people that are going to make our – it makes life livable. If you've done everything in the world, let's say if you have all the money in the world, what's next? What's in your enjoyment? Yeah. Yeah, people trying to one-up each other and, you know, buy the next thing. And, you know, what? like, remember, you know, we've all had at times in our lives where, you know, you're saving your money or you're ready to buy something and you do, you get that thing that you've wanted for so long. I remember when I was 25, I I wanted a Subaru, Subaru WRX so bad. That's all I could think about for like two years. And I bought it and I got it. And I was like, cool, I love this car. And I did. I loved that car. And I, you know, tweaked it and modified yeah, it and did all kinds of stuff to it. But. I also was terrified to park it anywhere because I was like worried about it. And I had these car payments now and this insurance and it's like, okay, it's great, but it's still just a thing. And I was, I, I I got all consuming. Like I was the, it, it became more important than actually like living and doing anything. I was like, I wouldn't drive places because I was afraid to park the car there. I'm like, that's moronic, you know? And it's same with the people who keep like wanting to buy, you know, I, I remember hearing a story about someone who bought a Porsche. They bought a Porsche Cayman. And like, oh, the Cayman's cool. It's like, well, you gotta get the 911. That's the better one. Okay, well, I gotta get the 911. And it's like, well, the 911 GT3 is there. Well, that's great. I gotta get that. Then 911 GT3 or GT2. It's like, oh, Jesus Christ. And it becomes this endless one-upping game because the next next year, it's always a little bit better. Gotta get that one. It's more expensive. Yeah. And the guy's like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm buying a Prius. I don't care. You know, because again, it, you you play this game so you where step out, you're like, I'm out. I, I'm still my own thing. Yeah, you just keep playing this game of, of acquiring things that never truly lead to happiness. They just lead you to needing more and more things to validate your hard work and your existence. And it, again, part of capitalism is set up to make that, to infect us with that, to make it work, the system work. But you know what? Once you kind of step outside of that, you really see that it's 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 a never-ending cycle of of never feeling satisfied. You know, like when you uh, yeah. we, we kind of break it down is just, you know, we talked about it with with Robert last week. You know, even a bad day of skiing is is, is a true gift. And he's we're years lucky. beyond his fucking age. I tell you what, that dude is fucking very awesome. wise, very wise. Yeah. And that's really we have to have to look at it. You know, every day we, we get to be on the mountains is really it's a blessing. It's a gift. And uh, again, weather won't be perfect some days. You may make it a little rain, might be a little too warm. But you know what? You're still out there. You're still getting to go out there and you're getting to feel and experience one of the greatest things on this planet. So if you can look at life that way, you're going to be a lot more satisfied. You're going to find a lot more enjoyment in in everything you do. So that's the kind of attitude we're trying to have and, and trying to share with others. You know, it's one of the things as you get older, you realize more of what you're missing and what you should have been paying attention to. And that's why I kind of, it, it's funny, like, when I was younger, I was like, you know, fuck those old people. They don't know what they're talking about. But, like, there's some little nuggets that you should take, you know, to the grave. Cause Cliches exist for a reason. 
Exactly. Cliches and stereotypes, they exist for a reason. And, yep. you know, you either break the stereotype or you follow the cliche. But you know what? The cliches are they're, they're a standard in human relationships. It's, it's fucked up. But, um, yeah, definitely think there's something there. Um, All right. And with that, we have one final story, which I guess kind of almost plays into this story. <clears throat> is that uh, I know this was a big story this past weekend, and, and I'm sure a lot of you saw that, but uh, the British graffiti artist Banksy, he had one of his paintings self-destruct moments after being sold for $1.4 million at an auction. Dude, the video, this is incredible. He's just like the ultimate troll. He is He's I the best. Banksy. So He's last Friday, I, I tagged Banksy in our thing. He's probably gonna like fuck up our podcast or something. Like I don't know. He's probably like, "This is Banksy," and I just tell you. Hopefully. Did you so, see that um, the uh, thing on HBO? The uh, special exit, one, Exit Through Gift Shop. That one. Oh, was fucking great. Yeah, that's yeah, pretty good. Fan Sky. Fan <laughs> Sky. So after the gavel fell at Sotheby's auction house in London, Banksy's girl with balloon was reduced to shreds, another apparent act in the disruptive career of the anonymous British graffiti artist. The iconic image of the girl reaching out for the red heart-shaped balloon sold for $1.4 million. Moments later, a shredder hidden inside the artist frame started its work and the art self-destructed, according to a news release from Sotheby's. Banksy summed up the stunt with a quote on his Instagram account, going, going, gone, along with a picture of stunned onlookers as the shredded oh, art emerges from the bottom of the frame. So he actually released a video. So this is on The Guardian. released the video. So Banksy released a video uh, detailing how he installed the shredder in the frame on the girl with balloon. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so he installed it, like, I guess, just before it went on sale. So he had people behind the scenes, like, install the shit. It's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. And, uh, I mean, yeah, because, you know, who knows how many years ago he did that and just waiting, just waiting for that to happen. Oh, no, like he was planning it, and then he had, he, it went up for auction. It was going to go up for auction, and people go into Sotheby's and, like, put this shredder in there. At Sotheby's? Yes. Oh, so I thought he, like, had it all framed up and ready to go, like, years ago, and then it's... No, that's, that, that would have been awesome. There's kind of, like, like, a Project Mayhem thing in Fight Club, right? Well, actually, no. I actually, it doesn't say in this article. So it might be when he built the frame, or it might be after. So I don't, I don't actually know. Hmm. This Guardian uh, article just has the video of him, of somebody that he knows installing the shredder. Yeah. <laughs> in the frame. Yeah, it's That's a fucking genius. It's a thing of beauty. It's fantastic. Uh, it's genius. So you got If you haven't seen it, check out the uh, the link in the show notes to the video. And but only shredded half of it, right? I I guess was it only half? I don't. Yeah, it looks like only half. I, I the mean, the whole thing went through. All the videos just show half, unless they cut it off. It looked like it went through half, and then it was like people started freaking out. It's just so great seeing all these like like rich, artsy douchebags kind of just get all freaked out by what's happening. Dude, it's great. I'm like looking at the video now, and they're just like all these people. Oh, oh, we don't know what's going on. They're like everybody's fucking scrambling, and it shredded half of it, and they're taking it off the wall right now. They're like, oh my god, what's happening? Dumbasses. 
Yeah, it's pretty stark. It's kind of like, I gotta say, like two thirds of it. Dude, I would sell part of that for like posted stamp for like two grand. Boom, Banksy. There you go. Partial Banksy. I'm talking about. Right. Remember to tell you where I sold the Banksy? Oh, uh, that was Park City. Oh, Park City. We're like next to it. Like, woo. Yeah. Like Got the smashed uh, glass right there. Yeah. Just on the street, just fucking hanging out, you know? Yeah. Cool. Pretty cool. Well, that wraps up the old podcast for the week. So thank you so much for listening. Check us out, skibonepodcast.com. The new site is there. Yes, there are still bugs. I'm rolling through the fixes. Hopefully, uh, they're hopefully, just bums being bums, man. Hopefully, by next ski season, 2019, 2020, it'll all be buttoned up. But who knows? Uh, there's check us out on the socials uh, twitter.com slash podcast, facebook.com slash podcast, instagram.com slash podcast. We're on YouTube. I'm not exactly sure what the URL is. It should be youtube.com slash podcast, but I'm not sure. We are on pinterest as highfalutins we're on soundcloud as highfalutin ski bum you can email us at ski podcast at gmail.com we look forward to hearing from you and we will do it all again next week see ya